Welcome to Walking Backwards. I'm Brad Gromet. This week's guest is Steadicam operator Neil Bryant. And Neil brought along with him a bottle of Angel's NB bourbon. So if you hear me slurring and rambling later in the episode, uh, you can blame it on Neil. And if you hear weird noises during this intro, you can blame it on the seemingly never-ending construction across the street from my place. So sorry about that. Um, I'd like to thank some patron supporters, which I've never done before, but have been meaning to. So uh, first off is Walter Clausen FX, who have been my first supporter, my longest supporter, and uh, they are very appreciated. Uh, I'd also like to thank uh, a few more, Blake, Eric, Will, Fabian. Thanks, guys. Uh, every bit counts, and I appreciate it. If you'd like to support me as well, you can do so at patreon.com slash walkingbackwards. And if you'd like to email me about anything else, you can do so at walkingbackwardspodcast at gmail.com. So without further ado, here's Neil. Enjoy. People always like look at my vest settings because I have it like all the way tall. They're right. Like, You're not that tall, but all my heights and my torso. Yeah, I, I just started recording, but you just said you have a free torso. <laughs> <laughs> and you do it's funny you're like uh, you're as tall as me well we're seated but as soon as we stand i'll be shorter how tall are you six feet right i'm six five that's so weird but right like as we sit right now i'm towering over you you are it's hilarious (laughs) are you comfortable yeah just be comfortable yeah yeah i think uh i think this is good okay yeah good welcome neil how are you great brad yeah doing great good good to be here Thanks for uh, thanks for coming. I I um I was giving you a little shit the other day. <laughs> so I came in on your show and I had texted you like what three times and you hadn't replied to me. <laughs> Son Be- of a gun, becoming so- somewhat notorious. I'm more of a phone call guy. And are you really? Yeah, I am. That's weird. <laughs> um, yeah. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I should call the um like some of the older school guys I have, I should call them. But then I'm like, you know what? Everybody texts now. And so far, you know, anyway, um, it's all good. I'm glad to have you here. And you brought a bottle of angels and en- the, yeah, just some really nice bourbon. Thank you for that. Of course. That's very cool of you. I am. Um, what is that? 80, 87%, 86.8. Wow. We'll, we'll go slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't drink too much, too fast. Hmm. So, um, so yeah, the show you're on, Single Parents, it's pretty fun. I had a good time on there. Yeah, Everybody, man. Thanks for really coming nice. in. Oh, my pleasure. I, you know, I've just been day playing, so it, I've been jumping around all these different shows, and um, it's always fun. I it, haven't done that in a while, so it's it's been a good show to be on. I mean, as far as it being a, a basically a handheld show, as far as that goes, like I'm I'm really enjoying it. You know, but of course, as you saw, we're doing a lot of faux held, as it were. Well, I, I mean, that's so nice that you're not having to just do all handheld all the time. It's brutal. <laughs> so brutal. Uh, it's worse than all Steadicam all the time. I, I, I'm so, I'm always interested by the fact that you could have a handheld camera on your shoulder for 10 hours. Nobody bats an eye. You put on the Steadicam and people start coming up to you. That looks so heavy. Are you Okay. I'm like, I'd much rather be in this thing because it's, it's load. I'm carrying the load with my whole body as opposed to one side of my shoulder. I'm craning my neck to see the eyepiece, mm-hmm. you know, I'm slouching and it's, 
I just don't think it's good for your body in the long term to hold a handheld camera all day. Not, not at all. And I, back when I used to work in live TV, I saw some operators who their right shoulder was significantly lower than their left. And, and one guy said he had like his spine was permanently curved because he'd been doing it for 20 years, handheld basketball. Um, and he's just like, that's my doctor's like, you know, if you have pain, let me know. Other than that, can't really do much for you. Mm. And, um, and it's, and it's screws with your eyes. Hardcore too. Yeah. Looking at that little screen instead of a, um, you know, well, your left eye is here. And, um, anyway, I, I did six basketball games in two days. Oh man. Many years ago, handheld on the court and on day two, I drove home. This was in, where was it? Was it in Tampa, Florida? I was living in Orlando. It was somewhere west. I can't remember exactly where. It doesn't matter. But it was an hour drive home or more. And I drove home literally with my hand on my on my right eye. Oh, man. My, I can't remember how I did But anyway, yeah, my, my hand covering my right eye because it would not focus deep. Oh, man. So, it, I'm, you know, my, my eye is literally focused two or three inches or whatever in front of my face it was so weird and then i got a massive headache from it it, it it'll just it screws with you it's not good for yeah it's funny you mentioned basketball i did a um like a little independent basketball movie a while ago in like 2011 in louisiana and it was like two solid weeks of basketball you know with like this fully built out red one with a big lens on the front. And right. I was a much smaller guy at the time. Like I've always been a really skinny, like rail of a person. Right. And I just destroyed my back. Like I, I couldn't, you know, really bend over for a few weeks after that. I did, I did something in the course of like running up and down the court, chasing people with this heavy camera and, you know, taking a knee really quickly to get low and getting in weird positions, yeah, right? whereas, twisting around. Yeah. With the steady cam you want to get low you just stand up straight and boom down you know it's right i've i've had that on a couple of occasions i got stuck in the bahamas because i sprained my back so badly from uh, doing a handheld that was handheld on boats it wasn't yours was just daily pounding yeah mine was awkward you know because i was taking the i was taking the horizon Role You're counteracting the, the role of so the boat. right leg up, left leg up, right leg. You know, bending my legs to yeah, Your hips are swaying and uh, it, yeah, and it's just screwing with your back yeah. the whole time. You know, <clears throat> and we did th- we did enough of that that I just I ended up going to the hospital <laughs> in the Bahamas, <laughs> and all they could do was just shoot me full of of um, muscle relaxers. You know, but I was having my whole back was just spasming. That's from handheld. Yeah, you know, it's not from steady. You don't get. I'm, I'm not saying you can't get hurt doing steady cam, but um, it's not inherent. Like, if you operate handheld all the time, it's going to hurt sure. you. Sure, sure. You know, yeah. The I think it's it's amazing to me, like how quickly or how early in the game of vest design, like Garrett got that right, and then you know, the innovations that were made after that with the pro vest and now the exo vest, it's like you're, you're carrying the load with the strongest muscles in your body. And you know, it's, I'm sure I'm not a doctor. I'm sure it's not great for your spine, but, um, I think it's certainly better to load both sides of course, put the weight into your hips. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's bad for your spine or not, but uh, obviously I'm not a doctor either. 
um, shocker, but um, <laughs> but I you know I do know like talking to Greg Smith, he did this giant heavy 3D show and he said I think that's what that's what did my knees in you know after that he had a second knee surgery and it's like you know you carry around weight all the time just like a basketball player jumping up and down all the time it's pounding on your knees a Man, runner you know <clears throat> totally I, I I came in rather with with Steadicam like right at the tail end of the whole 3D thing right I did just a few jobs with uh, what year was that when you started with that I started doing Steadicam mm -hmm. it's kind of a long meandering story well, no, I mean, obviously, a lot of us did other things while we were getting started. To You know, you have to. Sure. Especially after you just spent all your money. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know how to count, like, when I started, so... When did you get a rig? Well, uh... <laughs> Even that has a... Yeah, so, okay, okay so, uh, I'm kind of an army brat. Like, w once my dad got out of the army, he worked for this company, Raytheon, and he moved my family... To different parts of the world in the United States and I'm 16 years old and we're moving to Camden Arkansas and at the time I'm like this is the end of the world for me as a teenager I'm going to like the middle of nowhere where right? were you moving from uh, it, right around the outskirts of Atlanta Georgia and okay I'm, so I'm, you're moving from like the big city to this tiny little yeah. place in Arkansas yeah got it so uh, you know so at the time I'm making movies in my backyard and I I'm just like so interested in filmmaking and you know i was doing crazy stuff like wigging, rigging up uh wire rigs and like trying to roto out the the wires and like photoshop you know really I, I, was, I was just like i was way into like kung fu movies and 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 trying to figure out how to make films so we moved to this tiny town in arkansas and my parents you know go to like tour the school and they're like oh you have to meet the the av teacher this guy steve taylor and i and i mm -hmm. go in i meet him and i show him like this little mini dv demo reel i'd made of like my kung fu movies as a 16 year old right and um uh this guy was amazing he's amazing he just he had gotten all these grants he had canon xl ones at the time this is like 2003 okay um and he had a steadicam mini and wow. I, don't, I don't know if you're familiar with the mini it was like the predecessor to the flyer so it was like yeah. the flyer sled but the arm was kind of crude and rudimentary so one section arm was it not one section with just really just a few pieces of like aluminum going across a diagonal and like home depot springs like on the outside with yeah. a sock covering it was no, very, I, I remember seeing one yeah, yeah but you it know it's their first shot at smaller rigs i think i, I think so like much smaller yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> picture me like 16 years old i'm you know super stoked on filmmaking and and moving the camera and and this teacher is like hey look you know you can walk and move around and it will take out your footsteps and stabilize the shot so like every day i would come to school and fly the steadicam wow and and run around and we started doing like you know local like live tv gigs and sporting events you know like at the she town she started booking and, out yeah well he would he would essentially book us out as students and like take us as a crew and I could, you know, do steady cam and did, did you make any money? He, he would pay us like a hundred bucks a day. Really? You know? Yeah. Wow. Which at, at the time 16, it was amazing. Crushing it. it was amazing. So, wow. Um, and he, you know, I, I can't speak highly enough of, of, of him. If, if I haven't said his name already, it's, he's Steve Taylor in Southern Arkansas. And he's just like, you know, when Louisiana got their tax incentives, he basically just like opened this pipeline to like, take student he moved on to the college level okay 
to a local like technical school and he was able to take students and while they're in college and put them on like movie sets and get them real training so um he had a huge impact on my life and i don't know if i would even be yeah, if I would know what a Steadicam is or be sitting here talking to you right now if it weren't for this guy. Unbelievable. So, yeah. So that that my life is over moment turned into a life-changing it was a moment huge, for, for the good. Yeah. And then, you know, right around that time, Louisiana got their tax incentives. I was able to join Local 600 at the age of 18 in 2006, start what? writing film. Yeah, it was, it was just like this perfect storm of opportunity. <laughs> Well, wait, how old are you? That makes you like 31 or I'm something. Thir- I'm 31, yeah. Gotcha, you young buck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you look older, though, so. Well, maybe I'm compensating for something, because like, I've been the young guy my whole career, so right. I've like, tried to carry myself in a way where I seem like I look like I know what I'm doing. Yeah, you sure. Know? <laughs> no, and you know, that is a, that is a thing, you know? If sure. People, people are like, a oh, kid, you know, whatever. Like, they don't think you know what you're talking about or doing. The best way to prove them wrong is to do something great or do a great shot or whatever. But, sure. But now you've got the gray, so you don't have to worry it about helps. it. It helps. <laughs> it certainly helps. <laughs> That's funny. Um, my mic, does my mic sound weird to you? No, you sound, you sound great, I think. Okay, great. Okay. Good. So, you know, from there, I, I sort of... searching for a compliment. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> now, um, uh, well, yeah, go ahead. Well, Sorry. to answer your question about the rig, you know, like from there, like I, you know, I, I joined the union as a loader and... I kind of so wa- straight out of high school. Yeah, straight and out of high school. He helped you get this stuff. It was, he was instrumental to the to the process. Crazy. And I you know moved to Louisiana and and loaded and seconded and you know kind of messed around and DP'd a couple of low budget movies and you know at the time I, that was something I thought I maybe wanted to do and that was a valuable experience and that it taught me that I really don't want to do that at this point in my life. Ah, uh, yeah. You know and. Um, so then I came to LA and and uh, continued to assist, um, you know, as a source of income, and then like bought a little um, flyer LE, did that on smaller jobs, and then as soon as I could, got into a master series rig, and then from there, you know, upgraded to what I have now. So it was like kind of a when you ask like when did you get started, I'm like, eh, yeah, I, I understand. don't know when you count the the starting point. No, I I understand, but that is. Um that's on, but that's such a cool story. I mean, not not only did you have somebody help you, but it was like at this high school in this weird part of Arkansas. I don't know if it's weird, but this small town in Arkansas, and there just happens to be a teacher there to help you. You know, he, he he's he's an amazing guy because he you know he, picture like this guy in this small town in Arkansas. He's running a little um, high school radio station for students, and he's like, oh, I want to get into video production and then applies for all these grants and gets Canon XL1s, Steadicam Mini, non-linear editing, you know, at the time it was like Final Cut Pro 4 or 3, right, or, you know, whatever right. it was and um so I mean, it, you know, it's really a credit to him and I you know, I just I feel so lucky that I was there at that time and you know, when I next year when I turn 32, I'll be I'll have been operating Steadicam for half of my life. Right. It's, it's just crazy when I think about it that way you know that's what I mean? so cool you know it's interesting because you're really good i you know i watched your reel and i remember dave Comides posted your reel and said oh man who hasn't who, if you haven't seen this guy's reel, you oh, have to man. see it so so we, humbling gratifying yeah which is so cool and i was like all right 
and you know we knew each other a little bit yeah but not really and i i don't think i'd ever seen maybe i'd seen it and not known it but i didn't know your work or anything and i was like damn oh thanks man. pretty good and i watched it again earlier and i was like you know that first shot you come around and then boom, you just stop and then those whip pans in there it's oh, great thank, you. thank it's great. you very much brad and somebody who's 31 doesn't normally have john ham and who else is on all these big uh actors on their on their reel which i would have killed to have although you've been doing it a long time now so uh, i just sure. think about it in a different way but um but anyway yeah it's it's impressive work but maybe a lot of that has to do with the fact that um you know they say when you're young if you learn something when you're young um Sure, I mean, it makes sense. You're doing yeah. it longer. You but, learn how to swim when you're young, but you're you still growing. Language. So, sure. you, but, but if you learn something while you're still growing, it, it sticks with your body if you keep doing it. Kind Absolutely, of thing, or, you know. Absolutely. Um, like you don't want a, a tennis player is never going to become pro that starts at 18 years old. Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. But for Steadicam operators, most don't start until their 20s at least, and. I don't know. There's just some things about our brain that are locked in, you know? Absolutely. Becomes part of the architecture of your brain and the way it right. thinks and moves right. your body. And, it, you know, you, you hope, you know, you get to a point in the rig where it just becomes an automatic response. That's to me, like, that's what I love. I, I truly love about Steadicam is like when you're in any other mode of camera operating, ex except maybe handheld. You know, but handheld has the liability of being handheld and shaky. And mm -hmm. but it, you know, whether it's a crane or a dolly or whatever, there's multiple people controlling the shot. You know, there's a dolly grip pushing you along, and you're back panning against you know what they're doing. And it's like when you're in the rig, if somebody misses a mark or something doesn't line up, you can look ahead and see it coming. And when you're just on a good day, when I'm all dialed in, like I just love that the movement becomes an act of will. I just think about where the camera has to go and it just goes there, mm -hmm. you know, on the good days. <laughs> you know what I mean? Once a year. Sure. Right. sure. <laughs> You're lucky. I have one every three years. So. Uh, no, I know, I know exactly what you mean. You're not thinking about walking or panning or whatever. You're just thinking about making the shot work and, well, you know, right. making good choices. You know, you, you hope to get to that point. Finding the frame that you want to find. Totally. Right, right. I, I often have to remind myself, sometimes I get a little too, I don't know, the uh, maybe controlly with the rig. It hasn't happened much lately, but it used to happen sometimes where it's just a little almost twitchy, you know? Mm -hmm. and <clears throat> and And sometimes I feel like I'm taking the rig somewhere. And I have to remember, I'm not taking the rig somewhere. The rig is taking me. Right. Right? You yeah. have to follow the sled. Yeah. Obviously, you're doing it, but um, I find that my shots personally look so much better when I'm following the sled. Sure. You know? I'm, I'm making the sled go where it's supposed to go, and then my body is just doing whatever it needs to do to keep up. Sure. You know? And as a matter of fact... Um, I, we were talking before I started recording about the shot I did in San Francisco this weekend, and it was essentially a Don Juan shot. And I and I keep I've said many times I don't do Don Juan, but it was kind of it was kind of a half Don Juan shot, but it was kind of Don Juan, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. And I didn't think about it until after, um, 
after I had we finished that shot and I was like oh I was kind of Don Juan the whole yeah. time and I didn't think about it because why because I'm concentrated on the frame and following the rig you know sure. and so my body went where it needed to be and I could have backed it's hard for me to explain the shot like I explained it to you earlier but um, I could have been backing up for that conceivably but my body kind of just knew to go the to, to walk forward sure you know? and for me that choice depends a lot of the time on whether or not I trust my spotter you know mm-hmm. like if I don't feel completely comfortable with this person I'll just go Don Juan and I'm a big proponent of be ready to use it sure you know, be well practiced in it and well rehearsed in it I I definitely sacrifice some control when I go Don Juan but I so I will try to avoid using it but if if the shot needs it I will you know I'll use it right I mean, one of the best reasons, that's one of the best reasons I've heard to do Don Juan. You don't trust your spotter. If you're in if you're in a place where you could easily trip. This was on a sidewalk in a nice neighborhood. You know what I mean? So sure. I, I wasn't, and I had a spotter, but I wasn't too worried about it. The, the one bad fall I've had with a Steadicam was I was walking backwards in, in the sand. And Ooh. yeah, it was, it was like, it was a low budget job, you know, so we didn't have... I wasn't rigged to a vehicle. We had nothing to put underneath the sand. It's just me in deep sand on the beach, you know, in a half run, you know, running backwards at at semi-high speed. You know, it it never fails to amaze me how somebody walking forwards can outpace you. You could be almost running backwards and they're just in a mild stroll almost, you know, because I tend to take smaller footsteps. Oh, right. So... He's this guy, the the actor, he's talking on the phone and walking and he pauses and then takes a dramatic pause and speeds up and goes even faster than he was before. Mm. So I accelerate. I just respond to it and accelerate. And from what I came to understand later, the boom operator who was behind the spotter was in that in that particular moment, just happened to be looking where she was going and wasn't accelerating with us. So the spotter tripped over the boom operator I tripped over the spotter, you know, and just immediately threw the rig to the left. I'm a regular side operator. I yeah. just threw it to the side as far as I could because I didn't want it to land on me. Thankfully, everybody was okay. <laughs> Wait, you're a regular... You operate... Yeah. Non, non-goofy foot. So, so you know... Right. It's, well, it's already, how do you throw it to the left then? Well, it's just, just, already, just next to you, Yeah, it's saying. already on the side, so I just like... Just to get pushed it, it from, further away, just from to me. get it from hitting you, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That when you said you threw it to the left, I thought you know. Anyway. Gotcha. I, I understand now. My um, left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that. Um, that's crazy. Was there any damage or? The the camera was pretty damaged. It was a red. Uh, maybe it was a red epic. It, it, you know, and the fans like chewed up a bunch of sand. Mm. Um, my sled was unharmed, thankfully. There. Are, a bunch of people I know that would be cheering that story. <laughs> oh, you you took a red out? Nice. <laughs> took, took it out of rotation. <laughs> now they've gotten a lot better, but they uh, they used to be pretty rough. You know, I have not worked with any of the the new ones, the the weapon or any of that stuff. I, I think it's all the same, isn't it? I They're don't all know. still like a box. I think. Well, you know the the show I'm on now, single parents. When you came into day play, you know we're we're using the panavised. Uh, Alexa Mini, and you know, I've gotten I've gotten into 
some pretty uh, colorful discussions with people about I really am not a fan of the Alexa Mini. Mm. You know, to me, it's the ergonomics of a red camera and yeah. then the fact that you can build a whole cage around this thing and put a huge anamorphic zoom on it and a huge like battery cage out the back but then there's just a mounting point on the bottom about an inch long mm-hmm. holding the whole system together you, you know and anything yeah. you attach to the back is just auxiliary it's not tied to like the inner cage of the the body yeah so what i like about the panavision cage is it actually contacts and wraps the whole body and turns it into a fully sized camera. You know, it's it's heavier, right? Which is maybe not you know everything. Not a, a terrible off. thing. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I I like a heavy camera on a Steadicam mm-hmm. to a point. You know, sure. I'm um, same same way. Sure. Yeah. You know, all the advantages of inertia and everything, and um, uh, so you know, sort of circling back, I I really do like the. If I'm going to use the Alexa Mini, I'd like to use the the Panavised version right yeah uh, Ketzlo does a good version too um i used that one on a show for a while that, that was good um but it is funny that <clears throat> um so many shows now like if they're going to be handheld they're just like minis mm-hmm. and i'm like why yeah i'd much rather have an alexa oh yeah on or my the, shoulder the the Amira, which seems to sure, have sort yeah. of sort of been forgotten, you know, it goes on the shoulder quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Exactly right, just like, just like a an, an Alexa. Um, yeah, I what was it? Um, yeah, oh, on your show the other day, because you do this, and I want to talk about your thingamabob. Sure, sure. Um, but you guys have handheld simulators that you use on dollies and you use on your arm and whatever. Um, but when they have C camera come, they just have them do handheld, which is totally fine. But I like a really stripped down kind of handheld. And, you know, it's like now it's just two rods. That's what goes on your shoulder kind of. And I actually had them put the, uh, are you going to sneeze? No. Uh, uh, I fought uh, it off. Oh no. But his eye popped out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when you find, no. Um, no, I I like the Alexa you just go right on there. But, but sure, more weight in the back, away from your, you know, you. Can, I mean, the weight thing you can kind of solve. I, I I understand, but like, but I don't want rods on my shoulder. They're they're slippery and they're. I actually had them put the sliding base plate on the bottom of it. I saw that, which helped a little bit, but it's still like this weird. You know, it's a flat plate that you're trying to put on your curved shoulder. It's not a rubber thing like an alexa where it's sure it forms to your shoulder a little bit so um and your and my second got me it's almost gone oh. <laughs> I, I think i watched that happen he was actually. taking it off for putting on and <laughs> i don't know what he got me with the back of it somewhere the some corner i was bleeding later that oh, night oh man <laughs> he felt bad he was like oh i'm so sorry i'm like no big deal yeah it happens <laughs> i should have shown him like when i went thanks for this yeah it happens ah <laughs> uh, you know it's it's minor i i think there's there's a real disconnect right now between engineers that are making the cameras and all of us out in the field using them yeah because i i I look over and every time i see someone handheld with one of these you know the alexa mini or the one of the reds it's like all this weight you've you've added all of these base plates and adapter plates to raise the 
the lens center to where it will conform to matte box and motor standards, you know. But now you've got all this all this weight like way raised up off the shoulder. Mm-hmm. The eyepiece is way up here. Yeah. And it's you can't put it forward enough because you have no you have no weight on the back of the camera, right? So you have to shift the whole camera back. Well, we haven't we don't seem to be compensating where the eyepiece needs to go with that. You know <sighs> what I mean? Like I find like oh, I could put the camera far back enough to balance it on my shoulder, but now the eyepiece is by my ear. Yeah, oh, you know, yeah. and it, oh, yeah. I, I, to me, like this is such a simple thing to fix. Like we right. with the mini two or whatever. Like I know that I know the argument is like this wasn't intended as a a camera. It's supposed to be a drone camera, but it's like this is how the equipment's being used, and there's got to be a, a more ergonomic solution to making these cameras lighter right i would think that was always my complaint about the red too you know yeah like i did a show um called battle creek uh years ago not that many but with gary with gary, gary. Dag. yeah i just thought of it the other day because i ran into gary that you're on your show he's your key grip but um they were i think that's the first time i used an f55 and they did a Fair amount of handheld on the show, and it was all Panavision zooms. I don't even think they had primes on the show. They had 1101s and 1990s. And so you do handheld with a 1990, which is no big deal, but the way their setup was, that camera's so light, it's plastic, and the way their setup was, you would literally put that long eyepiece extender thing, and you'd put, point it forward, and then put the eyepiece... Put the eyepiece... The eyepiece would be sitting on the on the corner of the map box. Ah. So you're, and it's that long or whatever. So your face is like in the middle of the lens, which is where the, that's how you're holding the camera. But that's where the CG is at this point, you know? Right. And, and it's like, thanks again, Sony, <laughs> you know? And it's, it, it, it's, it's, and it doesn't feel right. Cause it's so weird. Sure. You know. I, I just, I really wonder like what conversations are going on in R&D behind closed doors at these right. companies as they're manufacturing these these cameras. Yeah. Uh, well, I will tell you, um, I did a show a long time ago that was all handheld. And for some reason, it was right when HD was coming in pretty strong. And remember the Canon XLR, like you talked, or uh, what was it? The XL1. XL1, yeah, sorry. Um, they had an HL1 or something. They had an HD version of that. XL1 HD maybe or something like that. Yeah. And they had just come out and this show's like, we'll shoot our improv comedy show on these and we'll do it all handheld. You can't handhold that stupid thing. (laughs) Not for more than five minutes. And we literally had, um, we would stick stuff off the back and put weights on it. So now we have like rods sitting on our shoulder with weights on the back. And, you know, our shots look like we're having seizures because we would do, I think the longest take we ever did was 45 minutes. Why? Why, man? That's the director's fault. But anyway, and it it was bad. And we were like a beta test for these. Like, I think we had them before they were out. I think maybe. But the Canon, all these Canon guys, engineers came to our set from Japan. And they all spoke English. And they're like, so what do you guys think? <laughs> And a couple of guys are like, they're great. And I was like, no, 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 no. Okay, here's the thing. They suck. You need to redo the whole body. You can't put it on your shoulder. We're doing a handhold, a handheld sh- show here, man. And we're all dying. It's brutal. And they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. We don't care. 
Like, they didn't say that, but it was their eyes glazed over. They didn't give a shit. What they wanted to hear was the image is impressive or whatever. They didn't care. They could have cared less. Sure. And that's why Canon doesn't make pro cameras. You know, there's this endless fascination, you know, in, in the internet camera culture with like how many k's and latitude and color science and all it's the like, k's don't get you know it's all important stuff but there there's there's almost always going to be a human being interacting with the camera in some capacity you know and and, and it's like i don't think yes. that's i don't think that's really consi- i i feel like it's not considered maybe by a lot of the engineers <coughs> making these things excuse me <coughs> i'm dying excuse me one second <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry about that. That um, I didn't envy the angel on that one. <laughs> when I took a sip, I did the wrong thing. Um, no, you you're 100 percent right. And engineers don't operate from from as far as I know. I mean, Garrett's the closest thing to an engineer that's ever operated a camera. I think. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> which is always that's always fascinated me about him how. Like if I had to, in a vacuum, just imagine who invented the Steadicam, I would have never thought that he would also go on to be an amazing operator and make prolific shots, you know, in the right. history of, of camera operating. It's, he, that, to me, that's a real credit to the guy that, you know, not only did he make, make this thing and start the community, but he's done amazing work, you know, that mm-hmm. I think uh, we can all look up to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for him, it was a. It's. I think it. I'm. I'm. I'm not speaking for him, but from what I understand, you know, it, it started as a labor of necessity, and turned into a labor of love. You know, and then I think, I don't know. I think he maybe had invented stuff before that, but obviously nothing is big. But sure. But I think, I think it may have really started, kicked off his career as an inventor. You know, he's invented a lot of stuff. Um. So, it it which is weird because he he had a good career operating too, and yeah. but he's still in. You know what I mean? He's a, that's why you know we'll get him in here. But but um, it is interesting. It's it's crazy because a guy that can come up with sit in a hotel room and fiddle with things and figure that out and then go use it, build it for himself and then use it. It's it's, it's pretty crazy. It is, and you know, sort of you know circling back to the ergonomics of steadicam you know it's i've heard garrett say before you know it's a very elegant way to lift a heavy object you know and it Mm -hmm. so i mean like camera stabilization aside the way you're loading your body and using the arm you know you saw the you know the crazy rig we're using on seeing parents you know it's it's a if you if you want the handheld look, that's fine. But it, we're able to do it in a way where you can walk and not have footsteps. And right. Guess, so let's talk about, about let's talk about is. your yeah. rig. Yeah. Um, it, it, when you see it, it looks it's silver, but it looks a little like one of those. Um, it looks a little like a movie type thing. It's just a, a much stripped down one. Sure. It almost looks like you know the thing that you see astronauts in where they're they're holding their hands up on top and then they spin them around and they go in every direction. It kind of looks like one of those, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, I guess it does. I never is never... it is it all the way around though? It's not right. It's just a half yeah, it's circle, just, yeah, right? A half pipe. But it's kind of like one. It's kind of like that. But yeah, it is. And it does the same thing essentially. Yeah. Um, 
But um, but yeah, what do you what do you call? Do you have a name for it, well, or well, did Papert name well, yeah, it? Yeah, so it's so it's something that Charles Papert invented uh, and came up with when he was still operating uh, uh, when he was operating Steadicam before he moved it up to to DP, uh, and he he named it the ZG as in zero gravity. Okay, but I I, I guess it was an idea that he had and. Uh, he moved up to DP and, you know, kind of put it to the side. And uh, I was over at his place one night buying some gear and I just saw it in the corner and I'm like, what is this thing? You know, <laughs> and he tells me what it is and the basic idea behind it. And I, I bought it off of him and I sort of forgot it about forgot about it for a while. And then this year, you know, something happened where I was on a show where they were already carrying Steadicam and I'd negotiated you know, the rate and the rental and everything before showing up to the show. And then we show up on day one and we discover the whole show is supposed to look handheld. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh man, you know, like number one, this isn't what I thought I was signing up for mm-hmm. when I took the job. And then also uh, I'm going to have a really hard time sort of justifying my rental in a few weeks when we're just <laughs> carrying the cameras on our shoulders and we have dollies sitting around and the steady cam fully built with a C camera just sitting there, you know, for, you know, the nice thing is just as an aside, the nice thing is once they plan for you to get that money for the whole year, they don't, it's not their money. <laughs> sure. You know, sure. Um, I, I, I get your, I, I have heard stories of, you know, I, I don't know if I should mention names of, of other operators, you know, like, uh, I booked Steadicam for the season and entire months went by without us using it. And somebody from production came to me and like, Hey, we got to renegotiate. Right. We're paying you all this rental for something that's not being used. Yeah. yeah. So that sort of went off in my head and I thought, you know, a light bulb went off and I, and I thought, well, Hey, why don't I just see if this thing works? And it like right away, it's amazing. Like, you know, you, you've got this, Basically, it's like a shaky cam. It's an unstabilized gimbal. Right. So let's let's start with the fact that you you mount it on your arm. Yes. On your Steadicam arm. So you can either hard mount to the dolly, yes. which I saw you do a lot the other day, or if space is a concern, you mount, you put your vest on and fly it kind of like a Steadicam. Yeah. Then you just have a monitor on the top that you look at. Totally. Yeah. Right. Which, you know, there, there are... The directors and DPs like love it right away because you're able to do handheld shots that up to this point were basically impossible. You know, like I could do a push in over a table. You can use the steady camera right. arm as basically like a long offset, a, a retractable offset, by the way. Right. You, know, you can boom cleanly, which you could almost never do on a long lens with a handheld camera. Right. And you can walk and the arm right. will dampen most of your footsteps and you'll still right. but gives them enough of what they yeah, want you'll maintain the that reason they want handheld look uh, but you know people tend to want to want you to ride a dolly or a rickshaw or something with a camera on your shoulder because they don't want the image to just totally go to hell as soon as you start taking steps right, right. so um Unless you're making a a, <laughs> a, a born film or narc yeah cloverfield right uh, yeah but um, but but it's a but but with you know joking aside it's a, it's a very different look totally um to have like you know what what's the people like to call it shaky cam i hate that term i think it's stupid but um uh, a more a more aggro kind of handheld as opposed to a smoother kind of handheld sure. you know Sure. And and that's a choice. So it, to be able to make that choice is super cool. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, so 
not only does it you know directors dps love it because they're it's offering them shots they couldn't really have before or they might have been forced to use a steadicam for a walk and talk which is great but if the if the rest of the show is handheld right you know it's sort of cutting against the grammar of the show to suddenly cut to this beautiful elegant steadicam walk and talk well what if you could maintain the handheld look but not have the chunky footsteps so they like they like it for that reason. I love it because I'm not carrying the camera on my shoulder. Yeah. You know, I'm carrying it with the vest about 20% of the time, and then the rest of the time it's on the dolly. And mm. we've got the boom range of the dolly arm, the boom range of the Steadicam arm. The arm isn't loaded with near the weight that it normally is when you're carrying a full Steadicam package. Yeah. So you don't have to be so concerned. With you know, I didn't ask you that question. It, 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 is, it, is your arm, like, at the bottom of its range? It, the well the the I use a G seventy X and it'll go down to like thirteen pounds. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize I got um, that low. So I th- I think the camera with the ZG on this show I think it's sitting at like thirty right at thirty pounds. Oh okay. Um, cool. So you know you you'd almost never carry a a build like total sled monitor batteries camera. I I never carry a camera that light. No. You know so it's it's nice to because it's so light like I occasionally i'll push the arm out to its limits you know rather than keeping it tight and i'm uh-huh. not i'm not worried about stressing the socket block quite so much as i would be concerned if i were hard mounted with yeah, the full yeah. system right so we're doing all these shots where we're we're you know it looks like it's on a guy's shoulder but it, then it pushes over a table or you know wraps around a corner very cleanly and right stuff that you couldn't really or booms very suddenly <clears throat> and maintains the headroom yeah on very long you know you saw on the show they want very long lenses yeah the longer the better yeah right right yeah i was doing handheld at 125 a bunch the other night (laughs) but you know actually that reminds me those lenses well i don't want to get off the topic we can talk about those in a minute but um but no you're right and and it and it looked um all the stuff looks great although i didn't see that much of your operating because i was working too but um (laughs) but i have seen videos of of other stuff as a matter of fact i was joking around with you the other i took a video of you oh yeah rehearsing that shot yeah and i jokingly said when you come to my house and do the thing i'll give you the video <laughs> here <laughs> we I, are which i didn't really mean i actually intended to text it to you that that day but um but uh, remind me to give it to you sure um if, if you want it but um well i, I want to say two things but before i forget it's like you know, I, I really want to give kudos to Charles for having this original thought. Yeah. And, and I think it works so well. And as far, you know, the second thing I want to say is like, as far as I know, he's working on developing this and making it available to other operators, which is very exciting to me, you know? Yeah, that's great. And I mean, in a way, he, in a way, you've, you've started a business for him almost. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with it or whatever, but it's a business opportunity that if you hadn't seen that and gone, what the hell is that thing? And bought it, it would have sat in his garage for right, the rest of his life. Right, it might have been life. forgotten. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and it fits in this weird place that's somewhere between Steadicam and handheld, but also has some of the nice attributes attributes of a, of a gimbal. Sure. For example, the over-the-table bit. Sure. Know? Or being able to... You know, I I feel like because the lowest point of that is 
your arm. Right. What like because it's mounted the arm on top. Is, uh, yeah, the bones of the arm are underneath it. You right. Know? Can you can you undersling it or have you not, tried? Not currently. There's no way to really do that. Okay. I, I I've thought about trying to sort of jerry rig a way to do that, but I not and the, the time that it would take to sort of do. It, I mean, it's you know it's already like but beneath um, low hat lens height when you boom it all the way down and you know almost touch the arm to the floor so it you rarely need to get quite that low and mm. when i do on the show i'm on now i just pull the camera off the off the zg and go to some other you know put on a sandbag or, or right whatever. right well you're not really going to be operating it too much if it's that low anyway right so yeah typically typically not <clears throat> right yeah there's that can be later down the road like an add-on thing maybe or something mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. <laughs> um i mean well I guess you could just flip it over. Yeah, if you could technically pin it, you know, like an F bracket right. and invert the whole system. I it, that that's sort of like the mod I was thinking about doing and and then shoot upside down. Mhm. No mm-hmm. worries. Flip the image in the camera or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah, you, it sounds like you don't really need to do it too much. It's one of those things that it'll be a nice thing to have for somebody one day if they're using it. But but it fits in that nice place, you know, cuz with a with a movie you can't um you can't make a movie look handheld sure you you're you're much better off using a steady cam to if you want it to look handheld sure which is dumb kind of dumb anyway but <laughs> i mean you know not dumb but you know i i'm i'm not i'm not gonna as much as i would like to trash talk on gimbals i i i won't <laughs> but you know it's like i'm a big i'll say this like i'm a big fan of a direct tactile connection to the image, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I love about Steadicam. It's like you want to pan left, you, you think it, and it pans left. You know, it's the same thing of being on a head. You know, there's there's nothing. It's all a direct connection to mm-hmm. the lens. There's there's no computer separating you from what's happening. Right. And so you know, with 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 Charles's ZG rig, it's like if I need to whip tilt down to something, I can just do it. Right. Which on a there on, are two on, handles on the side. You're holding on to them. Yeah. Right. Which on a gimbal is pretty pretty rough. You know to do like whip pans and right on long lenses and especially if you're single operator mode and you're not sitting somewhere on the wheels using it as a remote head. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not a fan of cranes with remote heads, then, huh? I do love cranes. It's just like you know that's that's a very specific. I'm just catching oh, you well, on. Don't oh, worry gotcha, about it. Gotcha. <laughs> he, he, Neil's like, I must always ride cranes. I will not use a remote head. I do not like the electronics involved. <laughs> but it's on a stage, Neil. I don't care. Drive the Titan onto the stage. But Neil, <laughs> you should see him on set. He's a damn tyrant. It's crazy. <laughs> No, actually, your set is lovely. Um, everybody was so nice, and Tim was super cool and he's, chill. He's great, and, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't love being on radio for, for stuff. But, you know, I'm okay with it, especially there's three cameras and stuff. So, Well, it's interesting. Um, there was an Instagram picture. Well, I was going to say, but he didn't. He doesn't abuse it or anything. He's not. Right. Yeah, yeah. And right. it's not constant blabbing. Totally. Right. Um, which, I mean, like, man, I, you know, I do my best to accommodate whatever is 
asked of me and if I if I need to wear a radio. I'm ra- you more bourbon. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. If I have to wear a radio, like I'll, I'll wear a radio, you know, but it just, it gets to the point where it's, and this is not, I, I, like you say, I, I, I really give a credit to Tim Gillis, our, our DP on the on Single Parents, for using the radio responsibly. But it, it gets to the point where I've been in other situations where it's not conducive to the process of setting up a shot. It's oh, like yeah. I'm trying to communicate with everybody around me and solve a problem. And meanwhile, this person who's... 300 yards away in a closet somewhere yeah is trying to tell me how to solve the problem and i'm just like doing crazy things like yanking the earpiece out of my ear and you know it's like dude you know just come to the set and be a part of it i would love your input but you can't see that this wall is right here i cannot go left right now i'm sorry i would like to you know um and then when they do it during the shot um Look, the the good ones, and, and most are fine, but every once in a while you get somebody who's like, pan left, why won't you pan left? Why won't you pan left? Why Pan left! And then you pan left and there's their there's light. light. Yeah. And they're like, oh, don't do that. <laughs> and you can't talk to them. You're in a take. You can't go, dude, there's a light there, you yeah. know? So now the whole camera crew is hearing. Some some people use, you know, um, the, the, the on their own ones. Some people use channel seven to talk to operators or 12 or whatever it is um but like being on the main camera channel the the very first thing the very first show i ever did i won't say what show or anything but um i was covering for somebody and um and i went in and uh the, the whole show was like it was a lot of handheld and then a bunch of steady cam. i'm doing hands handheld stuff first shot up I'm essentially on a, like a 180, um, and you know your brain is just like, at least mine, it's going at full speed when you're, you know, and we have to move a little, and I've got oh, an operator man. in front of me, and the assistant's not being the most B camera friendly, so he's like bopping into my frame, and I'm like, ah, and it's my first day ever on the show, and it's the first shot up, and I've got a, you know, a screamer, oh man, and. Okay, take one's up, slate, all right, action. Okay, I've got them. Everything's good. Okay, you know, I've got this tight profile. They're in a conversation, and all of a sudden I hear, uh, what do you want for breakfast? <laughs> They're asking the DP. <laughs> oh, I'll have a, burri- a breakfast burrito <laughs> with... I'm trying to do a shot. Yeah, make and sure then, egg whites only. Oh egg whites. My God. Yeah, and it's like, why am I on radio right now? You know, it just it was just dumb. And then take two was the loader. Like, hey, that eleven to one just came in. Where do you, where do you want me to put it? Because I was gonna put it on the truck, but maybe I'll bring it into the stage. What do you guys think? I mean, I could put it on stage thirteen over, the, and we're rolling. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's like, dude, this can't. And nobody ever came on and said, "Hey, don't don't talk. We're rolling." Like, oh, you know, man. none of the other camera assistants. So I just went with the flow, which was very stressful flow for me. <laughs> that was my first time with the radio, and then it's become more pervasive. Well, I mean, the you know, I posted a, a picture uh, semi recently on Instagram of a show I was on, Teachers. Um, on on TV Land, it, you know, we had a on one of the final. Episodes, What's that about? It's uh, would you believe it? It's about elementary school teachers. Um, but we did it. We did a, a scene with a a huge nine hundred pound Kodiak bear going down a hallway. As you do, 
And they're like, yeah, on a teacher show. Yeah, isn't only, that, naturally, of course. Isn't it great, though, the stuff we get to see? <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. I love that. It's awesome. It was yeah. awesome. It, you know, it was one of those things where as long – because I had to – I was on a very wide lens in low mode, you know, sled extended all the way out, getting the lens as low as I can to make yeah. the bear look as foreboding as I can. Sure. And really pushing the limits, you know, on like a 21 or 18. Oh, my. Getting just within like inches of this bear's face. This is a very well-trained bear, He's right? He's like a big dog. You know, and he, and he was getting in arguments with the trainer. You know, the trainer's like, go left, go left. You know, they're just bickering back and forth. So at times it was like adorable. But yeah. then he would coach the bear. You know, he would do this like snap thing and the bear would open, open its mouth like it's roaring. Right. And, you know, my spine is tingling. And if as long as I'm watching the monitor, I'm just watching TV. But the moment I look, you know, you're in low mode. You glance up. So the monitor is like already kind of eye level. And if I just look past that at this 900 pound bear, you know, I'm like, oh my God, I can't do that. I have to just stay watching TV on the, on the monitor and be out (sighs) of, you know, not thinking about, well, anyway, so I post a picture of me operating it on Instagram and you commented like, oh, you're wearing a radio, you know, (laughs) (laughs) why are you wearing a radio when you're... (laughs) Next to a 900-pound bear. Hey, Neil, look out. The bear's coming for you. <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's where we are. Like, you know, know, the director um, of that episode. Um, and I get that it can be helpful to have. I don't know if you noticed. Sorry to cut your story sure, off. Sure, sure, sure. But I don't know if you noticed the other day. Like, I wouldn't have it on unless we were rolling. Mm. For the most part. Oh, or times when I thought he might want to talk. I don't know if I did notice that. I'm... Um, but, but, I, it, but I could see why. It, it literally hurts my ear, and I've tried every single kind of earpiece they have, and they none of them fit quite right. So the smaller ones aren't going to hurt me, but they fall out, fall out, fall out. Right. So I have to have the medium or whatever it is, and that one, it just like digs into me, and it hurts my ear. I don't know if I have sensitive ears or what. So it drives me insane to have it. Just to have it in there, and then the talking part's a whole other well, thing. But. Yeah, especially when everybody's on one channel, you have to listen to assistants calling out breakfast you know, cam- orders, breakfast right. orders, camera yeah. settings, and I. The, the problem, the problem I get into is I might be talking to the director right then. Yeah. Right, I don't need to hear about you. <laughs> right, yeah, and I try to, you know, establish a rapport with the assistants where if I'm talking to somebody and you can see me talking to somebody and the DP or whoever's trying to reach me on the radio, please answer back and tell them. Cause I don't know about you. I oh, can't right. carry on two conversations no, at once. No. If I'm talking to someone, they have my attention right. and I can't like, Oh, let me switch to channel B in my brain and listen to the, right. the radio. Well, especially in. since the people we're talking to. And it's like, if you're talking to your dolly grip, that's one thing. But like, because you guys are talking all day. But if you're talking to the director or one of the actors, you know, you need you need your full attention and to have somebody in your, sure. in you your pr- ear. Sure. You probably have limited time to say what you're going to say. Exactly right. You know, and you've got to get it out. You've got to say it cleanly in a way that's understood, in a way that's politically agreeable. You know what I sure. mean? So you're, you're considering all those things. And in then, a way they'll understand. Sure. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not like the radio thing, especially in the TV comedy world, which is where I mostly operate, you know, it's like, this is definitely a thing that's here to stay. And I'm not going to say it's totally not helpful to the process. It is nice to be able to radio the DP and them to be there on the other end, Mm -hmm. you know, but at, at times I don't know if it, if it is helpful to setting up a shot, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't either. I, I do, I do commercials with a a particular, 
particular DP that on this, we've been doing this, um, uh, the Sonic commercials, you know, the two guys oh, in the I car. Oh, I love those commercials. For like six or seven <laughs> oh, years. Oh, that's a great gig. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And, um, but from day one, we've had radios on and it's cause there's three cameras and sure. And we, we have a weird style. We basically lock off. We do not, we do not operate quote unquote on the air. Sure. And we came up, I didn't come up with that. It, it, it evolved through the first, the very first time we were shooting these and now we do them all that way. So, excuse me, once in a while, there'll be a little headroom issue or something. And normally I know anyway, like, oh, he leans over, he leaned over really quick and he bumps out of the frame. So I'll pan right just a little bit, but I'll do it when they're not talking because they roll for a long time and then Clint, the director will talk to them and say, and they hey, just let him go and make when we're still rolling. Right. So I'll just, I'll just pan right a little and then lock it off again or I'll tilt up a little, whatever. And it's good for him to be able to every once in a while, he'll say like, Brad, just give him a little more headroom. And there's no necessary reason. He just likes it a little. So that's fine. Yeah. And that's, you know, because we'll roll for 20 minutes sometimes, you know. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Absolutely. Um, well, also with, with, you know, with three cameras, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, the, the DP sort of takes on a technical director role mm -hmm. in that they have to manage the three frames and keep a consistent look and, and composition across all three, especially when you're day playing a C camera operator yeah, who's not familiar with the look of the show or whatever they're, you know, you're, they need to keep an eye yeah, and make sure they're getting what they make need. on the fly adjustments. Mm -hmm. You're shooting a scene with a bunch of people, you know, so it, especially if I'm your C camera operator, you gotta, <laughs> especially, you gotta watch. Especially like if, if you have Brad on C camera, you really got to pay attention. <laughs> um, but you know, it's in that way, it's a very valuable tool. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I think I have more of an issue than most just cause I swear it hurt. Maybe if I wear it more, uh, I, it'll get better. I don't know. <laughs> I, I definitely understand. You know, it's just, at least for me, like in the last five years or so, it's, I, I don't think I've been on any job where I didn't have to have to wear it. So it's just become a part of my everyday routine. You know, I, yeah, you're put just on, used put on to the it. radio. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's not there probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. Um, I, I just remembered something. I, <clears throat> I had a, a DP I've spoken about him before. His name is David Boyd. ASC guy, great guy, old school guy, super cool. He never sits at monitors anyway. He's always right behind the operators. So oh, awesome. that's awesome. He's so great. He tells props if you bring a if you bring me a chair to set, I'll throw it in a dumpster. Because <laughs> he doesn't want them to have to carry it, and they never believe him. They always bring it on day one, and and then they see he doesn't. He only goes over there to talk to the director once in a while, and then he's on set. Oh, that's but, awesome. Anyway, that's not the point. The point was. I went in on another show, um, He Who Shall Not Be Named. Really great cinematographer, ASC guy. I went in on his show on second unit, and um, and they said, oh, he he puts his operators on radio. I'm like, oh, okay. We're on some other channel. And um, he really didn't talk the whole time on that, so it was kind of fine. I didn't know what the point was, but, you know, I'm, I'm a guest, so I do whatever asked. And... Then I worked with David like a week later and I said, David, you know, so-and-so had me, had me on a radio and he goes, he should know better. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> I yeah. was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, things change. And, and a lot of people have you on HMEs, you know, um, I've done a couple of movies with those. 
Um, I like the HMEs. Um, they have range issues. You know, I I won't say a name. You know, <laughs> there, there's a DP that I enjoy working with, but he's guilty of using HMEs, but not having the talky part. Uh, or sorry, the listening part engaged. So he's only got the talking part engaged. So he, he can talk to us. And I'm whispering back and wondering why I'm not getting a response. And then it's like, oh, because he didn't have the earpiece in. So he doesn't listen. Right. Gotcha. And I'm like, come on. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's If you're like, move right if you can. Why aren't you moving right? You're over a stack. And you're like, I'm like, I'm against the wall. wall there, yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I just, I think you would see by now, you know, if, if an over is not working, I'll fix it. And then I'm against the wall, you know? Like, um, yeah. So the the great the great thing about those is you can talk back your answer you know and and sure uh, yeah the, unfortunately this the bad thing is a lot of people end up putting their gaffer and their key grip on the same channel yeah I've dealt with that also so it never stops yeah um, and that's a tough one that's tough um, and also if they get mad at you if you make a mistake you know and they yell at you even even if it's not really your fault or whatever it's like in public forum yeah, for the whole it's like, crew it's like hear. them yelling in the middle of the set yeah. where, where everybody to hear it's kind of a bummer you yeah. know because um, especially since like people get heated in moments and they're sure. like what the fuck are you doing yes you know and then and then they're like, oh, I see. Yeah. Like five minutes later, they're like, I see what the problem yeah. is. But everybody else just heard the what the fuck are you totally. doing? Totally. They like, think you're an asshole. Yeah. Like I can, you know, I I try to not take things like that personally. You know, I try to empathize with, you know, this person who is your boss is under a lot of stress. Yeah. And they're dealing with all these things. And so, like, if I hear something like that, I, I understand it's not coming from a personal place. But it, it definitely adds to the sting if every other department can right. hear what is being said right you know yeah yeah for sure you know if somebody gives you a dressing down in the middle of set oh it's uh i've been there yeah not, me too. not fun me too and it's it's unnecessary sure and, you know it's it's is bad well it, it, maybe we were talking about this earlier I, I i feel bad if i'm repeating myself but it's like i'm at my best when i'm relaxed mm-hmm when I'm relaxed, I understand what's happening in the scene. I'm confident in what I'm doing. It's clear what my assignment is. The moment you yell at me and my stress levels go up, you know, the quality of my work is probably not going to improve. Right. You know? You know, we talked about this the other day. We didn't talk about this on here. We talked about this at lunch. Ah. Because, yeah, I've worked with a couple of screamers, and <clears throat> and I, I like I said, I think then... I assume there are people who respond to that, who it's like a challenge. Yeah. I'm not one of them. Yeah. You know, I, as a matter of fact, it makes me, I don't do this. I'm a professional, but it makes me want to screw it up just sure, to piss you off some sure. more. Sure. I, I, I can understand, like, you know, I'm, uh, it's not, that's not the right language to use. If I say I'm an emotional person, I'm very, like, in touch with my feelings. I'm a feelings person. Same here. You know, and... Uh, There's nothing wrong with that, man. <laughs> well, you know what you I mean. You want to fight so, about it? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I try to... Even if I'm only working with this, you know, DP, DP or director for a day, I try to, you know, establish a rapport, learn a little bit about their life. Sure. You know, and and use that to our advantage of working throughout the day. And um, you know, the moment that sours, it it I think it 
it, I'll tell you what, it doesn't, it certainly doesn't have a positive effect on right. the shot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if somebody yells at you and you're stressed out, um, I think I told you this the other day, I'll say it here. Um, or I was at least thinking about it when we were having this conversation, I was on a show. I'm so tired. We work long hours. Um, and there's, uh, there's, I can't remember whether the actress was standing out of a shot or turning and walking away. I think she was turning and walking away. And different shows will do different things, you know, <clears throat> as far as that. Um, this show was a no shoe leather kind of show. I see. So, um, and the, the first take... But other shows, they, oh, stay with her. No matter where she goes, you shoot her. You know, that's their attitude. But on this, you're trying to create edits and let people leave frames, there walk were, into frames. By the way, there were a gazillion edits. I mean, <laughs> you don't you don't need me to create edits for you. But, but regardless, sure, I mean, sure. we did shit tons of setups. <laughs> so that was, I mean, for me, it was never a worry. Okay, fine. You know, you want me to let her walk out? Fine. No problem. But we hadn't discussed that before take one mm -hmm. so we do take one and i follow her it was like an instinctual thing and it had to do with the scene it had to do with the content of the scene is why i did it 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 felt like i needed to follow her and show her walk away it was like a power thing i can't sure. remember exactly like what it in was the at story uh, i felt you're, like it, you're you're playing the role of the storyteller and the viewer exactly and you right wanna, you want to go with her for exactly right yeah. and i felt like it made sense N not consciously subconsciously and i realized later that's why i did it because it made sense to do that um but so i did that and then this screamer came and screamed at me ah what are you doing and he was like um he could be a maniac and he'd scream about the, the first time he screamed at me was about the way second meal smelled so um i know it's ridiculous but anyway so he comes and screams at me i'm like okay all right but now I'm like pissed off. I'm internally pissed. I don't have an argument with him. He comes and yells in my face and then he, you know, he's done and he walks away and now I'm steaming, you know? Okay. Uh, roll camera, right? For take two. And I'm not thinking about what he said to me. I'm just pissed off that he came and yelled in my yeah. face, right? I'm, I'm embarrassed because the whole crew sees it. Which, it's not that embarrassing, actually, strangely enough, because he does it to a lot of people. So <laughs> so everybody knows this shit happens. But, you know, he's in front of them. You know, I'm on number one. That's who I have. That's who I'm getting a shot of, you know? And she's talking to number two. You know? So it's not like... Anyway, it was, a, it was it's always a bummer when that stuff happens. And so take two happens. And I'm steamed about this. I'm thinking 0% about what he said. And... I'm trying to stay into the scene and do my best job. And she says her last line and she turns and she walks away and I follow her. <laughs> oh no. Not on purpose. I did not do it on purpose. And instantly I was like, Oh, and I looked over the a camera <laughs> operator who was, who was a definite ally on that show and a great guy. And I just looked over at him and he kind of put his head on his oh, hand on his forehead and he, and he looked down and he like shook his head. Oh. And I was like, oh. And then it erupted from the other room. 
And he just came charging out, you know. And what am I going to say? Okay, I made a mistake. Yes, to do it twice is stupid. But the reason I did it twice is because you screamed at me for doing it yeah. once. You know, if you came up and said, hey, I don't think, I think we should just let her go in this one. I'd be like, done. Yeah. Right. And it would have happened. Yeah. Yeah, Brad. On this and now one, the just, editor just gets let her too. Let her stand out of it. Now That's all you have to say. Right. Yeah. It's it's so it's so unnecessary. And look, everybody's under pressure. Well, it, you know, and my my feeling is like if you're gonna have that stance as an operator, that we're thinking that the DP should behave a certain way. You know, it's incumbent upon us the, to pass that management style on to the assistants and the dolly grips and like everybody that we're working with. You know, if we shoot way overshoot a mark on the dolly, like I've never yelled at a at a dolly grip, you know, or, or, or anybody like that. Like, uh, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? It's totally. like, you, you have to, why would you ever yell? Right. <laughs> it's, it's not like going to help. Everybody just, everybody just wants to get the shot and go home and see their family. Yeah. And it's like, let's just respect each other. I, I, I was doing a, a techno. I think I told you this shot when you, when we were at work the other day, I was doing, you know, this crazy techno wraparound on this stage the arms like almost fully compressed so it's like shit loads of back pan mm-hmm. you know as the arm kind of counters around the stage and it's like four or five band members and each one of them are singing at different points oh you did tell yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And, and the instruction is okay just swing the arm around the stage back and forth back, back and, and forth, forth back and forth, forth just right. at random intervals right. and you know neil just follow what's being sung I didn't get a copy of the song the night before. Like I'm showing up, I'm hearing the song for the first time. I'm getting a lyric sheet and my God, I'm doing the best I can, you know, but like, because the arm is not swinging in like pre-planned positions, it's, we'll do take two and on take three, the arm will be, you know, the instead of panning right to get that guy, you'll be panning left left to get that guy. Yeah, exactly. It's totally random each time. So there's no way to just have to have memorized where all of the people are, where they are, what they're singing, and when, when they're, they're singing, singing it. it, yeah, and and right. you know, there's no way to wire where the where the operating has to happen in your brain because the arm is right. In a then you just position. have to do it on cue to the music. So in just my re- head, yeah, I, in my head, like you know, a few takes in, I'm just killing it, and I'm, I'm stoked, and I'm like, I'm not getting all of it, but I'm right. getting most of it. And it's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. all going to be cut up in post anyway. I've been on the show for a while. I know how they. It's a TV show. They, it's a TV show. Okay, got it. I know how they do edits. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be fine. You know, mm-hmm. I just need to give them as much usable stuff as I can with, the, you know. We're on a tight shot of, of the lead singer. The camera's moving around him. It looks great. And now we whip over to the bassist and they're singing and it looks great. And we're still arcing around him. Right. Great. I'm not getting every single one. I'm getting most of them. The The DP walks out and I quote in the middle of the set yells at me, you're fucking missing people. Stop missing people. And just turns around and walks away. <laughs> Roll camera. And I'm just like you know i and i'm like i'm the type of guy i'm freaking out i want to do a good job and it's you know it's not helpful you really just want to spin the reel to the right <laughs> the, the the back wheel to the right and just get up and and walk and follow him right just tilt it dead down and go follow him yeah hey, roll camera my ass yeah come here tell me how to do that <laughs> Come here. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like that. I'm not confronta- confrontational. No, nor am I. I, I, I kind of wish I would be because sometimes you'll stop them. And I've told a story about yelling at Joe Pickup, but that was a one-off, unfortunately. I, I can't remember the name of the DP. Um, 
uh, I'm switching to a different story now, but I, I was, what was wor- the name of the DP that yelled at you? Oh, geez. Oh goodness. What was I, her name? <laughs> tell me, tell me now. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, I'm kidding. It, but you know, I was on this, um, this other job, this, um, it was like an Ariana, Ariana Grande, Stevie Wonder fit music video for, it was a promotional song for the movie Sing. One of those people's awesome. Yes. One of the, one, it, I don't know. It's a mystery. About. Yeah. Which one it is, but one of them is, is, uh, you know, how is, was he to work with by the way, man, he was so cool. Was we, he? we had, we had a really horrible morning and, and all his stuff was in the afternoon Yeah, and we moved to this, um, I think it was at the Orpheum. Uh, you know, it's just like they'd rented beautiful the theater. It's beautiful. Yeah. They have this big grand piano just like waiting for him. And we, we set everything up and like they've got one camera to Dolly, one camera on sticks and me with Steadicam. And uh, we were like, they they tell us like, you have to be ready to go. You know, his his person, his assistant is going to help him walk in, sit him down and we roll. Oh, so it's one of those when Stevie comes out, we go, there's no hang on one moment for yeah. this. Or, right, so, right, right. so he sits down and right. just, I, I want to say looks, you know, but he like turns his head toward all of us and he says, good evening, everybody. How, how's everybody doing? And he just starts playing the piano and it, you know, not the song that we're shooting, just like playing the piano Yeah. and we do a take and it's great. And they cut, and in between songs, he's just like playing his old hits and just like singing them softly oh. and playing. And I'm standing like ten feet away, yeah. five feet away, and I'm yeah. like, okay, this is like clearly one of the perks of the job. Like this is amazing, so cool. He he was he was amazing. You know, I'm not to be a Mister One Up or anything like that because sure, I don't sure, think sure. I can one up that one. But I had the exact same situation with Alicia Keys. Mm. Where she was, she was in a show. She was acting and performing, and um, on Empire because they wow they they play and record live. Wow, it's pretty crazy. Oh, that's those people are so talented, dude. I love music, and one of the coolest things of being a camera operator on something like that is you get to be so close to five feet away yeah, from from an amazing performer. It's, it's that a, comes along one yeah. in a million, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Alicia was number one, super sweet. Super sweet to everyone. Lovely, lovely, lovely the whole time. But we're on, it's on Friday night. Well, it's Saturday morning at 4 a.m. And we're doing this scene in a in the recording studio on the set, which is actually a recording studio because they record this stuff. Oh, cool. Um, and it's pretty damn small. And we're both on dollies. And we're sitting, me and the other operator are, sitting about five feet from you know it's a is it a baby grand i think a baby grand that she's sitting at and we do the rehearsal she she sings with one of the other characters it's great beautiful voice and she's playing the whole time and then they say okay alicia you can go back to your um you can go back to your trailer we're gonna light here whatever and she's like oh um do you mind if I just stay here? And they're like, does she need makeup or anything? And they're like, no, she's good. Like she's in wardrobe. She's, she's in, good on makeup. And they're like, okay, you're, you're welcome to sit there, but then you actually have to sit the whole time so that, um, cause we're lighting for you and stuff, but we'd love to have you stay. She's like, yeah, great. Can I play? And they're like, yeah, you can play. No problem. So she starts playing and you know how it is. It's a kind of awkward set. So it's kind of a longer lighting setup. And, for 25 minutes 
or maybe longer, I'm sitting there listening to Alicia Keys oh, play classical, oh, then wow. play some songs and sing, and she's got such a gorgeous voice. Same, same yeah. kind of, you know, D- from a few feet away. It's, stuff that literally people in the world, rich people, would pay $100,000 yeah, for. Yeah. In in an instant, yeah. like without even thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, crazy. Well, that that's one of the, the great rewards of doing what we do is like, you know, the the greatest stuff on earth that's occurring they need a camera to point at it right and when you're doing this job you get, you to, get be to point that camera my, man right. you know the, the, the problem is you know that was our 75 of our week sure you know what i mean sure. that's that's the trade-off that is the trade-off yeah. it's a pretty big one too but <laughs> sure. but that is the trade-off and um but no you're you're right it's it things like that that'll be in my memory forever absolutely you know? i can see her in front of me right now it's really cool absolutely but and i'm sure i mean stevie wonder yeah alicia well, keys is great but well, stevie wonder is a legendary he's a, he's a legend. of all that's time the best legend. that's the only word I, I can think to yeah. to describe the guy you know and, and it's like the the reason i got into the story is the morning on the other hand we were shooting you can see in the video a song's called faith uh uh for the movie sing and you can see in the video you know um, Ariana's walking in a pretty quick stride along this brick wall and the camera's tracking with her and these animated characters are popping out and interacting with her. So the, the DP, his name escapes me, but he, you know, he wanted it. They basically, they wanted Moco, but either didn't, couldn't afford it or didn't have time to do it. So he's like, you're just going to track her with a steady cam. And make oh, they want a moco because they have to add animations. Yes, and it's like oh god, you're I'm you know she's she's galloping down really? the sidewalk, and I'm running. Oh, so she's running. She's not running, but just like in a the skip, fastest in walk, a quick and, walk, right, you know, right, dancing. Right, right, right. And I so gotcha. I'm basically in a run with a steady cam, you know, tracking and trying to adjust la- to when she tracking. stops skipping yeah. and starts walking, right? And it, you know, I I think I'm pretty good at holding a level horizon, but it's like it's against a brick wall. So, you, so have, any, you have a degree of error, and you're going to see it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, he, he, the, this, I was getting back to the yeller. We, we were on the screamer topic. and We were. It wasn't really. I was trying to get us away from it, but now you're bringing us well, back. Okay, Thanks so, so okay. much. Well, quickly, no, I'm just quick, kidding around. Go ahead. He, go ahead. You know, he, he comes out, and he's. Is this the same movie? No, this, uh, this was. With a, the, the screamer? No, no, this was a Got for it. the music video. Oh, sorry, I touched your. No, 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 that's all right. No problem. Um, I thought it was in your way. Uh, you know, for for this music video, and and you know, I'm doing these like crazy running shots, right. trying to keep her in perfect profile, trying to stay square to the brick wall, of course, and running and stopping, and I'm only a human being. Well, also, by the way, your 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 horizon can be dead level, but if you're not dead if square you're to the wall. Right. Yeah. If you're a little tiny bit behind her, tiny bit in front of then her. Then you perceive it as off it level. It looks off anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so he comes out and he's like, you've got to hold it steadier. You've got to keep a, like, watch your horizon. Watch the horizon. And I, it's, you know, you were saying. And her, tracking horizontally is really hard hardest, anyway. It's the hardest yeah. thing to do. So yeah. you were saying earlier, you know, like maybe, you know, maybe you shouldn't take the yelling. And it was like one of the only times in my career where I was like, look, man. You know, I'm I'm giving you everything I have. You're just asking too much of me. Like I don't think this is the right tool for the job of what you're trying to achieve. And I promise you, I'm doing the best I can. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I really pushed back, and we had some words, and it it wasn't. So he didn't like that, huh? It wasn't pleasant, and gotcha. 
coming out the other side of that, I felt like we really found a common ground and a respect and you just, you just never know where it's going to go when you choose to, to go that route, which yeah. is why I often don't do it. I'm, well, most of the time it's a breaking point thing. Yeah. For yeah, me, like yeah. when I yell back, I'm ready to go. Sure. So, it, you know, if you want to fire me, great. Yeah. Because that's what, you know, otherwise shut up. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> most times I'm like lightning. I'll just take the path of least resistance. Same, same. I don't, you know, I just want everybody to be happy and I want to get the shot and I want right. to go home. You know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And that's, that's such a tough one. I don't understand why they didn't, if it's just a straight shot down a brick wall, why are you not riding a dolly? Yeah. Well, there was talk of we had a dolly with dolly track. They didn't want to. They didn't have time. Right. They never have time. Yeah. And then they yell because it's not right because you're using the wrong tool because you didn't have time to do it right. Right. Wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I just <laughs> felt like I had to say that right there. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, especially with the way dolly track is, that film air track is so good. You can run a 200 foot run and it's great. Absolutely. It's not like on, steel on track crazy where it's going to be telephoto like, lenses right. and without vibration, you yeah. know, high frequency vibration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and okay, it's still not Moco, but you can control the speed a lot better. And, yeah, you yeah. know. Uh, well, I don't know if you can control the speed, but maybe not the speed. There's more control there, in a general there, sense. There's less liability. You're if, not going to lose a horizon ever. Correct. If you have to stop suddenly. Right. Which. You know, I guess I'm going to wildly switch gears here for a second, but you know, there's a lot of all these digital augmenting tools for the Steadicam that are coming out, you know, the Volt, the Wave, you know, there's a lot of not pushback on these things, but I, I hear... No, there's pushback. Well, there's pushback. I hear other operators criticizing other operators for using them, and, and the, oh. thing, the thing I always counteract with, I don't personally own one, anything like that currently. I think I will at some point, you know, right. it's like, okay, look... When you're doing a dolly shot or a crane shot or basically any other kind of shot, aside from Steadicam or handheld, you're never worrying about the horizon. Right. Right. You don't do a you don't do a crazy dolly shot with like like a five point dance floor dolly shot with whip pans and all this stuff, and nobody comes out after they yell cut and say, "Hey man, great horizon." <laughs> right. So why should that be a liability, an inherent thing of the Steadicam? It's like if that could be eliminated from the Steadicam in a way that made sense, mm. I don't see a reason to argue against that. You know, and I think, I think all that stuff is coming. The more and more portable and lightweight everything becomes, so I think it's only going to become more saturated in the in the industry. It's a really interesting argument, actually. You know. I wish I'd had that argument um, with when Chris Harhoff was on, ah, <clears throat> because he talked about those and and I spoke about and I still think this is true. You know, <laughs> I should use the word organic just to piss Rob Ron Baldwin <laughs> off, but um, no the 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 natural way people operate. You know, my comment I think to him was something to the effect of, you know, I can tell. Jimmy Muro shots, um, I can pick them out, and I can pick Larry McConkie's shots out, and I, you know, I know when I watch something, I know it's not Larry, or I yeah. know it's not Jim, or I know it's not Chris. Yeah, like there's a personality. That's probably the wrong word, but no, I, th I think it's a great. That's that. a great word. It's like a 
guitar player you know or a, right you know it, it's it, you're, there's artistry behind absolutely. it absolutely so your your persona you who you are or how you work or whatever whatever the right terminology is is behind that and if you take that away by making by making by using a stabilized head on the rig um then you're a mule i just don't Aren't you? I guess, I, I guess not. I mean, put, I'll put it this way. You're literally the dolly that bleeds. I'll put know? it this way. When when I do... I'm not saying that's true of all things. I'm not saying it's true of a wave or anything like that. Or Well, let me let me say this. When I do a shot, or when, I've, when I have a shot that I'm proud of, you yeah. know, with, that I think I made the right choices on, and it's well composed, and it responds to the action, and is a part of what's happening in, you know an, an intrinsic part to what's happening in the scene yeah. when, the, when the operating becomes a part of the filmmaking and the storytelling sure and then that gets out there and somebody messages me or emails me or whatever and like hey man I saw that shot great horizon no oh. to me that's what what are we what are we talking about like that I've like, never gotten that note I've gotten that and, it, <laughs> Maybe, and it's like but it might be a problem that I have <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's like Hey, you know, when you, when you whip pan, that was a great, and I'm not, it was a great horizon. It's like, I'm not trying to say like, I don't appreciate that, but it, to me, in that's the, not the important part. No. And in, in the, right. in the Steadicam community, like when you go to the forum, you know, mm-hmm. the Steadicam forum, there's like all these discussions of gear and, and everything. I should start going to the forum more. I again. don't, I haven't been there in a long, long time, me but either. it's been but, many years, but it's interesting. You look in the side and it tells you how many threads the thread with the 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 uh the category with the least amount of threads is aesthetics and to me that's like the biggest once you're past square probably the newest one too to be honest (laughs) probably yeah but i mean like once you're past square one of being able to control the rig control the horizon you know have the rig do what it needs to do basically everything about your job after that is just aesthetics and politics yeah composing a shot working with people well the thing you know what it just occurred do you, do to you me. understand what i'm trying no, to say no you're 100 percent right and the thing that just occurred to me is no one should ever comment on your horizon unless they go unless really it's they a saw dp going like i saw a mistake and you know sure. your horizon got a little funky on, sure. when you went around that corner or whatever you, the i guess what i'm like trying getting to say. a compliment for it <laughs> no well maybe you know look let's let's okay let's give this person the benefit of the doubt and assume that they're they're newer and they wanted to compliment you on the shot. They don't know that much about it. And the one thing they know is the horizons are supposed to be flat all the time. And so they gave you the compliment they thought they could. Sure. So they said, great horizons. Sure. Not, I love the way you held the guy, you know, you held the headroom like super crazy high in the frame to blah, 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 or whatever, like whatever specific thing they're trying to compliment you. But it's not a compliment that other Steadicam operators would give. Right. right. It's something that behind their, behind someone's back they'd go, yeah, he's a great guy, but I mean, his horizons are all over the place. <laughs> yeah. I, but I guess what... The, I'm just the, making things up. But. The, the, the parallel I'm trying to draw here is like, you know, if you're going to... You make a good point that, you know, I can't even remember where I got this compliment or, or who said it, you know, but it, it's like if you're going to... It was me. <laughs> If you're going to talk about horizons in a Steadicam shot, it's like, okay, let's talk about horizons in the dolly shot or the crane shot or any other shot. It's like if I could push a button and make the center post 
totally level to the horizon at all times. Why wouldn't I? And I just, I don't feel like we're there yet. You and, know? I, and I think I answered it to some degree just now. Totally. Totally. Well, that's you, one of the reasons yeah, why not. I'm if, not sure of well, all you, of them. But. You dutch the frame to deal with, you know, verticals and, and keystoning. Like, well, look, Greg, Greg, Greg Smith did um, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Mm. There's nothing flat in the movie. There's no straight lines in the movie. So if you watch it, he actually made a comment when he was on the show. He said, I... He told somebody on the show, he goes, um, I'm, I, I think something to the effect of, I'm, I'm having fun doing this, but no one's ever going to hire me to do Steadicam again. <laughs> <laughs> they were putting an O'Connor heads, O'Connor heads on top of other O'Connor heads so wow. that they could, oh, it's wow. like a three axis head yeah. now, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but that's easy. I mean, so don't use the wave or whatever. Sure. Uh, fine. Yeah. Sure. Um, but no, I often do make horizon adjustments, especially when I land in lockoffs and stuff, and there's a painting on the wall behind, sure, or whatever. I make if it's in the top corner of the frame, and you want to level the, you know, the 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 top frame and the right frame to be like perfectly square with the painting. Well, the painting may not be, or you might be keystone to the painting, and you might just fix that a little bit by dutching the sled like a couple we're talking like two degrees degrees here right but you do the same thing on the dolly when you're you know when you're yes level, you might, absolutely right like, you level to your environment so that it doesn't seem weird to somebody right even though it's wrong right it's right 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 and and you know so you know like sort of like what we're saying it's like you, you don't need to be you don't want to be totally exactly level to planet earth at all times mm-hmm. um you know, but there are times where, gee, you know, when I was doing that crazy running against the brick wall shot with Ariana Grande, if I could have pushed a button and made the sled hold its horizon level perfectly, you would have I would have it. taken Absolutely, right. I would have pushed it. And if button. you'd known what the shot was going in, maybe you would have borrowed or rented someone's wave from them, huh? Yes. This right. might have been pre-wave. Mm, okay. I can't remember. Or when the wave came out, or whatever. So for stuff like that, it's great. And I hear for low mode, it can be really good. Low mode can be really tough to sure uh, keep your shit together. Yeah, <laughs> so I call low mode like twice as hard as high yeah. mode. For me, it is. You know. Yeah. Well, you know what I would say. I was talking about the shot that I did the other day, and that was super low high mode. Mm-hmm. So batteries. If actually, I think if I'd boomed down all the way, I couldn't you reach could the have contacted anymore, the but floor I think I could have hit the ground with the yeah. batteries. Um, but so they're right in my feet, and I'm taking like chatter steps, and I'm somewhere between profile and three quarters on this person walking up the street, and kind of Don Wanning. And it's one of those moments where actually, it's it was kind of even. So I'm looking at the level like. The level is like this to my eyes. It's like at a, you know what I mean? When I'm looking at the monitor, the level is like here. It's hard to even see where it is, you know? Um, and uh, and in that moment, I didn't need a wave. I, did, I never felt like I got all kinds of funky or anything, but um, now, now I'm reversing myself in my own mind. I was going to say, oh, it probably would have been a good moment to have one. But the way the shot was, I, I actually don't think it... I just, I don't think so. Well, for what that thing costs, I'm not talking about monetary value. I mean, I'm saying like what it costs in your workflow every day, like to add whatever it is, four pounds and four inches above the top stage. Mm -hmm. You know, I, 
I, it's the, a huge deal for me because I like huge. a really short sled. It's huge. I like it short. My sled stays as short as it can be. Well, and I felt like this is maybe unfair for me to say, but I, I yeah. felt like I've gotten criticism from people on having a tilt head on my top stage. You know, like, oh, it's adding so much height above the gimbal. Mm. And, so, you know, and now these same people perhaps are using waves. Right. And I'm like, I don't need to have something level my horizon that much that badly. In other words, to add that much weight and that much height above the gimbal, uh, to me, maybe is not something I need to use every single day. Now, mm-hmm. if I were going to do a vehicle mount or whatever, I'd throw it on. But Sure. Um, yeah, a lot. You know, a lot of people are using it every day. And, are they really? Yeah, and, you know, and and like really, who Give prolific guys? I mean, uh, should I name names? I don't know. I I, I was I, kind I, of kidding, but I mean, I don't. I actually don't know who. Some some pretty high profile people are using them mm, okay. all the time, and, and 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 it's like I get it. I understand. I'm not like. I think and probably I think, people that don't need to. Right. And I think I'm sort of repeating myself and saying, like, I don't have a pride thing with Horizon. Like, if there were a way to eliminate the ability to hold it level, I would totally do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, I've lost my train of thought. That's all right. Well, uh, maybe I'll come back to that. But, but what I've heard, and I don't, I'm, I'm asking you, they don't. It's not like you slap the thing on and it works. You have no. to do like a weird kind of. It takes a. It you have takes to balance a little while, the camera right? on the wave and then balance the Steadicam with the wave mounted. You know. Right. So it's not. I. I. I ha, you know. I haven't worked with the thing a ton, but it seems like if you'd if you'd have it on, you would want it on. You're not taking it off and just throwing it on for one shot, right? Especially now, on a TV kind of schedule. Now you right? could. Right. Well, that's that's the thing. Is like I work in a really fast paced environment. Mm-hmm. Now you could lock it in place and then dutch right if you had to it's just right, like right, a, right. that's a lot to add above you're just adding four pounds for no reason at that point yeah right and i you know i'm a gyro guy i love my gyros i have a six by six which is do you really real heavy that i use all not all the time but semi-frequently and you know people are like damn that's so heavy and i'm like yeah but i can just slide it on and off add it or subtract it as needed i basically just doing a gimbal move then a little bit of arm tweak when i put it on you, you know what i'm saying and and yeah and, and to me like the gyro is interesting and especially the 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 x series because it's working in all three axes it's stabilizing roll tilt her, uh, uh pan yeah is doing all together i've seen I, I haven't seen one of those in person but i've seen people with them on their sets. oh man i i love what i have on on my current rig because where my third battery mount slides on it basically slides onto a steady cam plate at the base of my system i can just take my third battery module off and slide my gyro on mm-hmm. and if it i used gonna, to be so hard to mount it's cr- yeah they used to, it well, used to be such a still, big deal it still is if you want to add one below the gimbal and one above the gimbal like one down by your battery and monitors and mm-hmm. then one up on the camera so that the gimbal itself doesn't have to move and i'm like yeah when i add them to the base of my system my gimbal goes way down and now my now there's miles I mean, of how space. much does this thing weigh like seven pounds oh wow that's it's, a lot it's a lot and at the bottom of your rig at the that's bottom of the rig so the gimbal, the gimbal goes way down but then at that point i'm like seven pounds Holy but the God. amount of stability that it's no, adding, no, i'm not saying it's not worth it i just i'm shocked they weigh that much they, it's well it's like that and the inverter what does it plug into an anton oh you have to have an inverter i forgot mm-hmm. does it AC plug power. into an anton 
basically I have a cable that comes out of my rig and then into the inverter and the inverter changes it to AC and that goes into the, the gyro itself. But right. like I was on a show. Don't they have them though where it's like on an AB play where you can just lock it in? You can, there? but I don't think the X, the X is like two on top of stacked, like into one another. Yeah. So it affects all three axes. Yeah. I understand. And that to me, I, I, I haven't seen one mounted on an AB plate. I think it would be a little heavy perhaps to put, oh, on, for the to put on an ab plate oh right okay. and it's also with with the six by six it's a lot of torque it's you know the the four by four it's smaller and it'll it will accept maybe i've seen the four by fours you're talking about the six by yeah it's hard to hard to say this no, on, it's all right. know, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. without no being able to use your it's hands too technical anybody nobody cares <laughs> well you know the, the reason i'm a fan <laughs> of gyros is like working in the fast-paced tv environment i was doing a shot at the hollywood forever cemetery last year and they they're talking about it it was a night exterior so we're sort of blocking it out at sunset and getting ready to go and the director's like okay i want a very long lens but more than head to toe i want it to be a wide shot of these characters walking in profile through the graveyard but far back enough in telephoto that we can foreground across the grave Mm. stones the Mm -hmm. tombstones right let's lay a bunch of dolly track and truck with them on like a hundred mil, but so far back that we're more than head to toe. on. No, I get it. Yeah. And, uh, the DP, that is a great time for a gyro. Sure. Yeah, well, yeah. the DP looks at it and he says, um, well, because the terrain was super gnarly and, and she wanted to lay Dolly track a long, long way. And he's like, well, Neil has Dolly track in his pocket. We'll just use the steady cam. And she says, and I quote, okay, as long as it's not too wobbly. I'm like, oh man, this is going to be, <laughs> But, but as long as it's not too wobbly. But I mean, on a crazy long lens. Well, you're 100, right? Yeah. But, but I mean, like, to me, 100 mil, like, close on somebody's face is different from shooting somebody across the street. No, 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 no. For sure. Wide shots are hard. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, but, but anyway, like, well, you've the, been around a long time. You know how to do it. <laughs> so do I. Well, the, the moral of the story is, like, I just, I threw on the gyros. Yeah. And I'm able to walk and almost take my hand off, my operating hand off the gimbal. Not quite, but basically disengage it completely and use my arm hand yeah. and let the gyro just maintain the frame and walk, you know, because it's working on all three. Yeah, I understand. Axes. Yeah, yeah. So it won't even pan you. Yeah. Right. That's cool. Yeah, that's fun. I should try one of those sometime. Yeah, man. Yeah, give it a shot. Yeah. I, I think the last time I used one was in the year 2000. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I don't think I ever have. Well, I had that sled for so long. Like, a Master Series was, like, impossible to manage. I really yeah. Want. I was doing 3D on a Master Series. You know what? Let's take a little break for a second here and, and, and get some fresh ice. Okay. And then I want to talk about 3D. And I know sometimes we never come back. to. I'm going to come back to 3D, okay. by God. Okay. All right? All right. It's a okay. deal. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> The Angel's Envy has been reopened by Neil. I like it. It's being envied. It's it's more than half gone. I'm like, oh yikes. Whoa. Hey oh. Um Yeah. Uh we were gonna talk about three D. Yes. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> um I and I saw a video of you like testing a 3d thing in low mode 
on YouTube. Yes. And it was the dumbest looking shit I've ever seen. Oh, man. It was gnarly. Like I mean, I hate 3D to start with, so FYI. Not operating 3D, I just hate 3D. Oh, like watching it as a viewer. Yeah. This is dumb. But um, but go (laughs) Well, this was maybe like four or five years ago, and, you know, I was a little younger and enterprising. I like to think I'm young and enterprising now, but you know, like even more so four or five years ago. Uh And I was just looking for every like opportunity I could. And there's this guy, uh, Jason Goodman had a, maybe he still has a company, 21st century 3d. Uh And he made, he was a stereographer and made beams, beam splitters, a really brilliant guy. And, um, I met him on like a, um, a shoot for WWE that was 3d here in LA they were just looking for a guy and I got the call and I'd never flown 3d before. So I show up to his garage and like in the middle of the night to prep with my old and busted master series. And I'm putting in the middle of the night. That's well, creepy. it was like the night before the shoot, he would have like just flown in from New York. And I don't know if he was like in a rental place or an gotcha. old house of his, you know, it's like we'll prep. Have you ever done 3d? No. <laughs> well, meet me at my house. We'll prep and then we'll go to work the next day. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm trying to figure out a way to put this like huge, you know, even with two, just two red epics, you know, and like ingenue, uh, zooms, mm-hmm. lightweight zooms, it's still massive. I never weighed what it was, but I mean, like mm. my master arm was fully topped out and I was still lifting with my human arm, right? you know, so mm-hmm. well, well in excess of 70 pounds total. Mm hmm. And um, well, the, the master arm will hold like seventy five. No, it's like sixty eight. I think is the top. Well, is the, that all? The, I, as far I could be wrong. Don't, oh, don't okay. quote me on that. But, right, I, gotcha. but as I understand it, that's like the listed top end of the. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, but the whole trick with the master sled well, is if like, you're maxing it out, that's like one hundred and ten pounds. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. And and you no, know, but I mean total weight on your body. Right. So the arm is like twenty two, and the vest is. At the time, I had like a modified three A vest. Oh, it's heavy. Oh, I saw that vest is like plastic on the outside. Yeah, that wasn't Greg Smith's old vest. Was no, it? I so right. Uh, I still have it. I I should probably get rid of it, but uh, it's it's just sitting around collecting dust. But it was um, mm. it came with the master rig when I bought the master rig used, mm-hmm. and I and it just said in the description I bought it from this guy in Chicago. It was like a modify it was like a 3a vest with mkv modifications and then like i got it and added like tiffin ratchet buckles to it and cross back straps and i you know so now it's like totally a one-off um it's a very comfy vest fits Mm. like an old pair of shoes but it's like smells like it too it smells just like an old pair of shoes but it um you know it's like twice as heavy as my pro vest which i use now you know it's like i i love the vest so much it just conforms perfectly and weighs nothing and i do greg smith and i talked about i don't know how you do better than i don't know how you do better you know um everybody's body's different but for most body types i i I don't know how you do better so i show up to jason's house in the middle of the night and prep this thing and you know as as you know the master series the the battery can only move out like two inches Hmm. It, it can inches. come back like a couple inches, and then the battery isn't even even horizontal; it's tipped up vertical. Uh-huh. So, you, or not quite vertical, but you can't. It's at an angle. Yeah, so it's you at like seventy eight degrees. So you're not going to get much back balance on right. the battery. So, yeah. like, I'm adding like ankle weights to the back of the rig that's all already weighs a million pounds to get like four aft balance, and um, 
we were talking earlier about heavy cameras. I mean, like the the shock of picking that thing up for the first time and trying to take steps like holy shit and mm-hmm. i'm gonna do like steady cam shots with this like i'm trying to stand up and, and the I'm great gonna... part is like a boat you just kind of send it on in one direction and it's not stopping well and yeah in terms of operating like i could never di- dynamic balance it perfectly but i'm sure you couldn't <laughs> but but i mean like even so i mean like it was like panning a boat. You know, you you have the the most beautiful stable yeah. shots because because yeah, it, yeah. it weighs a million pounds. Yeah. You know, you you missed the era of the BLs and the gold. I, I did, and those those were very similar. I did. You know, like now when I'm building cameras, I tend to or building the rig, I tend to like have my monitor and batteries like stretched out to these ridiculous lengths to try to add inertia. Oh really? And I get I get comments all the time like, "What the hell are you doing with that?" And I'm like, "If the camera's ten inches long, I have no pan inertia. I have to add it somehow, you know." Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I did those few jobs with Jason. I, I I went with Jason to to Dubai to do a 3D thing, and that was still with the Master Series. And mm-hmm. I sort of came in like right at the tail end of that era. Yeah. And you know, I I don't know if I'm glad that I missed it or for the most part or glad that i saw a little bit of it i never did any super complicated 3d like that i did 3d with a camera that had like a dual lens box thing in front ah. of it which is like old russian lenses it was kind of cool actually um i did that lila javon shot that stuff i i did that um that was easy it was like a very cam <laughs> it was great um on the other side of that, you know, Greg Smith talked about doing it um, with two F-65s. Oh, man. I couldn't even imagine. He said it weighed in at 125 pounds. I could not imagine. He had his pro arm with four gray canisters, um, and he was lifting with I, his arm. Just like see, the, I don't know. I think that's like a 90-pound max. And yeah. I, I 35 pounds short of, you know. Yeah, you're carrying a human being. Yeah, at that point, like, oh yeah, I just don't think I'm physically capable of doing that. You know, like I, I've he had knee surgery right after it. Yeah, <laughs> but but when I did, I was again talking to Greg about doing uh, with a gold and a converted gold, but with a a pan of flasher on top mm. and Z series lenses, mm. which were. Um, fairly large um and that was my arm carried it fine um it was pretty it was pretty maxed out but it was a brutal it was brutal like all all told with all my gear on it was it was probably a hundred or over a hundred pounds yeah you know? i'm sure and <clears throat> and uh man whoo and i got back straps put on the day after my first day on that movie on my vest <laughs> I went. I went to the place. I remember Irwin Landau told me exactly where to go. Some place in the valley. I'm sure I could have gone to other places, but this guy knew the straps that were good for us, and so I went to that place and he took care of it. But um, I never had any interest in doing 3D. I didn't want to carry that much weight. I, well, I mean, like I, I say, understand at the time I was, I was 25 years old. I understand. I'm like, that. I get, put me in, coach. Like I just want every opportunity that I can get, and totally and, get it. Yeah, totally get it. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, look at the time I flew that G2. I'm sure there were guys 
you know, in their 40s at the time. I was probably 25, 26. No, no, no. I was a little, maybe 28 or something. I'm sure there were guys at the time that if they had heard about that, they would have been like, fucking stupid kid. Like, yeah. I don't want to do that. Right. I'm not right. doing it, you know? Like, if they won't give me a lightweight, I'm not doing the job. And and I understand that. Sure. I, I get it. I get it now. At the time, I just wanted time. I remember my very first day, they called me in around, I think, 7 a.m. Crew call, like, 7 a.m. <clears throat> like, great. It's in Boyle Heights. It's at that haunted hospital over there across from the skate park. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I heard they were going to tear that down. Did they tear that down? I'm not sure. Oh. Anyway, wait. Angel's Envy. Mmm. <laughs> pretty good so um we're shooting there and all day and i made a deal with the upm the upm called me it was a lower budget deal but it wasn't terrible back in the film days they knew they had to pay like they had to have somebody who knew what they were doing nowadays a little less but um which is why they can bang people more with on the money because there's 84,000 of us it's very competitive right so they know they can hit us more on money the film stuff they were like oh somebody could really fuck it up bad which isn't necessarily that true but that's the way people thought but anyway so um the crew was on a flat it's a non-union movie shot by david mullen who i think was the i think he got into the asc before he got in the union just crazy yeah um super cool guy um but anyway um he the the whole crew was on a flat and i told the upm i'm like look i i'm not working on a flat well the whole crew's doing it i was like that's fine they can do whatever they like i'm not doing it you know if you if that's what you want it's cool it's fine i won't have any hard feelings if you go try to find somebody else nobody else will do it but good luck you know and they kind of coalesce and they're like, well, what do you want to... I'm like, I want to be on a 10. And I think we agreed on like an 11 hmm. or something. Like well, you got the, something out of them. No, no, I definitely got something. Well, then come to find out, I go in and they're working 18 hours every day. Oh, man. And 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 second meal, which is... Second meal was before I even saw the camera I was putting on my rig. Oh, man. At, at nine at night or something like that. They... Um, they brought Taco Bell tacos. <laughs> uh, I mean, I hadn't even worked all day and I was pissed. I'm yeah. like, what? Um, so at about hour 13 or 14, I think 14, they're like, here's your camera body. It's a G2. I'm like, what? Oh, man. I'm like, all right. And then they and then they came over and they're like, oh yeah, we'll put this on. They put a mag on, and then they put that panda flasher on the top slot. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And they're like, oh, it flashes the film before it goes into the mag. I'm like, what? Shoot, it's this, yeah, it's a lot. It's like uh, maybe what's the right? Maybe a quarter of a bowling ball. Yeah, I think that's you've seen a panda flasher. Oh right? yeah, <clears throat> I actually had to carry a an airy flasher, which was like in the front of the mat box putting a light through a, like a piece of glass in front of the lens that you could, the DP was using it. it this was on drunk history. Um, 
What? The, yeah, the DP Blake McClure is like very, very, very talented guy, but he was all about like doing stuff in camera. Wait, you were shooting film? No, 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 no. This was this was with a red, some kind of red camera. I think Got it was, it. I think it was an Epic. Okay. But putting an airy flasher on the front, which weighed like six or seven pounds on the front of the map box and use this like very unwieldy AC cable because I didn't know about it until I showed up like the day of. So I had no way to like rig an inverter or anything like that. So I'm carrying this like very rigid AC cable. That's they, of course like, they know not, they know not to tell the operator cause they might not show up. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean the whole part, the whole purpose was just to inject pink into the blacks. Just to, like, make the blacks, the shadows a little pink, which you could do in post, but I understand. I mean, it's, like, definitely sucked for me as an operator, but I get it. It's, like, in today's day and age as a DP, I think you're walking a fine line between baking stuff into the camera or trusting them to do it in post. Because I've had plenty of experiences where we shot something colored a particular way you know, with a LUT in the camera to color it a particular way, and then it goes to air totally different in, you know, in the way that the DP originally intended. Well, that's the new world order of Absolutely. filmmaking. Absolutely. They do is. whatever the fuck they want. doesn't Absolutely. matter what you intended. Right. Right. So, you, I, so <clears throat> I mean, there, there, I think there's a lot of pressure on a DP if you have strong feelings about color and tone, you know, trying to... You walk up... I'm not a DP. But the I funny mean, if, thing is, if you want your career to go further... Then you go along with all that stuff. Yeah. Ah, yeah. And you become more easygoing and you go, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you don't do weird stuff like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, having a flashing device on Steadicam. <laughs> that was a rough day, man. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. But on the other hand, like, if you want to stand out and all this stuff, then you have to do all this other stuff. I think you have to choose who you want, who you want to be and how you want to be perceived, you know? Um, and, and, and yeah. especially in today's day and age, you know, being a DP, it's like just about, I mean, I don't mean to belittle what that is, but I think it's easier now to call yourself that with digital cameras. Cause you, I mean that I don't think Super anybody, easy. I don't think anybody's going to argue with me on that point. Super easy. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you can shoot stuff with your phone that looks great. Yeah. So, um, I think the onus now... There's no mystery anymore. Right. Well, it's now upon us... Unless you're still shooting film, which some are, but... But, I mean, you know, it's now upon us to... I mean, all of us as filmmakers to tell a good story, create good camera work, and, you know, and make people feel something with the image, you know? Mm -hmm. If If you can create an emotion with the image, it sort of transcends whatever technology you're using to produce it maybe i'm getting a little too out to lunch with my words maybe 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 i had too much angel's envy (laughs) i don't maybe not i mean i don't know that might i'm not sure that connects with me but um i i know that story in my mind story is everything it is and if you don't have a good story you know you can still make something look brilliant Right, but sometimes, and maybe I'm going angels envy on this one, but sometimes the, you know, the better the story is, the less it needs like some kind of flash to it. Right, I think that's absolutely true. And so the more the more um, look at me, look at me, your cinematography is, the more it takes away from the story, which is great. 
Totally. So, you know, maybe in some ways that's why Deacons, it took him so long to win an Oscar because he'd done all these great movies where his cinematography fit the film so perfectly and flowed along and didn't draw attention to itself. I think, I think that's so absolutely true. And what the way I think that translates into our job, like what we do as camera operators to me and my feeling as a viewer, the best camera moves are invisible and that you don't, perceive them of course and the average person doesn't go i wonder how they did that right because when they say that all is lost because they're not listening to what's going on on the screen or seeing you don't want somebody saying like i mean not ever but i mean generally speaking like when i'm setting something up i i'm hoping somebody's not saying like oh wow how did they do that you know you just hope it becomes an integral part of what's being told on the screen Mm-hmm. And augments what's already there. So same thing, like, you know, the way the music swells sometimes in a movie, like as the camera's pushing in. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's all, it all matters. I, I, and your thing, it's kind of funny how you said it because like, you don't want somebody asking that question, but you kind of do. Sure. <laughs> sure. You just don't want them asking right then while the movie's on. Absolutely. You don't want it to You want the movie to end and for happening. them to go. You know, I'm thinking about that cool shot they did. I wonder how they did that shot. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. You know, there's different different ways to look at it. Like, the thing, I think another, going going way back in time, one of the reasons I think I'm sitting here right now is um, I was a kid. Do I want to tell the story? So, I, so I, I, was, I was 12 years old, living overseas in Saudi Arabia, and we had no way to get, like... As you do. As you do, as one does. And, and we had no way to get... Uh, movies like uncensored by the by the government unless right. we got like pirated everything's movies. going through the house of sod yes so we haven't even talked about why you're living in saudi arabia but let, <laughs> so yeah, are you dad, a terrorist my da- no so my dad moves, around, moves i know he's a military a guy go go so, go, go so go so, so we're totally cut off from like ad campaigns and and all movie advertisements and all the u.s cultural we no idea culture, and, our, and right. our our only way to get new movies is the current movies that are out is the guy who brings us takeout sometimes will have a little plastic sack of VHS prior to VHS is from China, right? So, I, so I'm 12 years Wait, old. What year is this? 1999. He has VHSs. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so, I'm, so, so. Oh yeah, that makes sense over there. They they hadn't upgraded to DVD. Not yet. quite. So, it. so it's 1999. So I'm thumbing through the the so plastic sack. Blockbuster one night. delivery. Yes. So I'm thumbing through the plastic sack one night, and I'm like, the Matrix. That's weird. That's mathematical. What? It, like, what is that? And I pop it in. No way. And like in the first few minutes. She jumps up in the air and time stops and the camera swirls around her. And in that moment, I was like, how did they do that? And I have to do that. You know, right. you know what I mean? Like it made yeah. me realize it, it brought attention to itself in a way. It's that funny. I, it was one of those movies that brought attention to itself. And, and but it was also great. Yes. That is a weird thing. It but is it, kind of a conundrum. Right. And that movie is sort of a one off. And it is the, yeah. the, the, the time stopping thing sort of tells a part of the story. Did you ever do any shots like that? No. Oh, I did. You did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For I, commercials. You, Charles tells, told me a story. Charles Papper told me a story from um, uh, Balls of Fury where people had to like stand in place and he ran around, ran around them with a steady cam to try to make it look like. 
Oh, they were like copying the thing. Yes. Well, we had an array. I did a commercial for the PGA tour in at TPC Sawgrass in Jacksonville with um, Vijay Singh was his name. Great golfer. And we shot him on the course and we had that half. It's like a half moon array. 30 something cameras. Wow. And um, I mean, just think about putting that out on a golf course. Yeah. Then <clears throat> doing that and then and they, they had him on the tee. And then we shot him on um on a lazy Susan spinning around and it's a thirty second spot and the whole thing takes place while he's backswinging. He oh, backswings wow. for thirty seconds <laughs> and then the or twenty nine seconds and then the last second he hits the ball, right? And while that's all going on, the sun comes up and the sun goes down and the moon comes up and the moon goes down oh, and the sun comes well. up again. It's really cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And the camera the whole time is going around him in circles. And so they put him on the leaves. This is the most impressed I've ever been with an athlete. He stood there and they put a tee like there was a ball. They didn't have a ball, but they put a tee there. <clears throat> and the script supervisor said, 30 29 28 27 and he was the smoothest guy and he and he drew his club back so he's faking the slow-mo yeah wow over 29 seconds and then at one perfect swing wow and he could do it and it looked it looked like slow motion and most people like if i tried to do that it would look like a jacked up you know my elbows would be all out or whatever and it would change but because his muscles are so well trained, he's able to like do what he normally does in one second. He can do in twenty nine seconds, and all the muscles and everything. Oh, that's cool! It's pretty impressive. That's very impressive. I'm sure there's some kind of Steadicam correlation to that, but I can't think of it right now. But um, I mean, we—it's muscle memory for slow, us. Slow, too. Pu- slow push-ins. I mean, we're I think athlete- our- That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, <laughs> the nightmare scenario for me is like foregrounding objects. Like, you know, the, if the the listeners, you know, they can't see, like, you know, there's a glass of bourbon and a bottle of bourbon, you know, on a table. If I were doing a steady cam shot and I'm creeping along and like doing a great Shooting job across of, the table. Yeah. And, and then there's suddenly foreground elements and they're foreground elements. And, and they're going boing, 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 Well, you're doing your boing. best to not do that. So, <laughs> so I've, I've had these like nightmare moments where I'm like doing that. And I'm like, all right, I'm not seeing my footsteps. Like this is going really well. Cut. Hey, Neil, can you go slower? <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, no, please. No. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which is so interesting because then you, you barreled on a hallway, you like do a run with a steady cam and you know, I've heard like, Oh man, that was great. You know, wow. How did you run like that? And I'm like, comparatively that speaking, easy. that's not so bad, yeah. you know, like, scraping along the table, super slow. That's super hard it's interesting people's perception of what's what's hard and what's not you're right yeah 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 well the running part is physically taxing sure but but since we've been doing it for a long time the physical part's the easy part yeah that's the most i don't know what to compare it to but it's totally the easy part yeah sweat sweating is pretty easy but in you know the finesse of and we've all learned to go to our limits and know where our limits are physically like Okay, can you do two, three, four, five, six takes of this? Have you ever been totally tapped out to the point where you had to stop uh, whatever you were shooting and say, "Hey, I need a, I need a minute." Yes. <laughs> Have you? I haven't been there, mm. and, and I mean, I don't know if that's a credit to 
the you know the length of time I've been working or the lighter cameras I've been working with. Maybe I'm not sure. I've come. Maybe clo- you're just lucky, and no one's ever tried to push push that hard. Perhaps I've come close a few times. To, uh-huh. You know, but I've 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 been like, oh man, if they do another one, I'm gonna have to call it and say I need a second. And then usually in that moment, they're like, cut. Right. I'll tell you the the big one I remember. I was doing a music video. Super 16 anamorphic. So we're shooting, I can't remember which lenses, maybe C series, but it's literally a band aid across my screen. It was like this. <laughs> the aspect ratio is like 3.76 or. I, I wow. mean, that's probably way far away from what it was, but it was something ridiculous. You're like, it was triple what, you know, anamorphic normally is. Anyway, um, first shot up is they're like well we should do this on a dolly but we're gonna have you do it and it's like a slow push into a green screen with a comic book in the front oh man like super creep and i'm like okay did that no problem then we're doing stuff of people running in and out of buildings it's the story part of this video and it's a metal video that's like seven minutes long six minutes long something and and then literally we were waiting on something and I put the camera on my shoulder and the director goes, I fucking love that shot. Roll on that. Go walk around and do some shots like that. Oh no. So now I'm walking around like looking up at buildings, (laughs) which I thought was pretty funny. And then, um, and meanwhile, we haven't done another shot at all besides Steadicam, all Steadicam all day. Do everything. We do all this story stuff. We're in this building, in and out of elevators. You know. Anyway, it's a long day. Hour 13, 14 comes around. We move up to the roof, and it's the roof that's the million-dollar hotel roof. Uh huh. And we move up there. <clears throat> They're like, now we're going to do performance. Brad, get in there and do cool stuff. And I'm like, what do you want to do, me to do? They're like, cool stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but... Is there a guitar solo you want me to make sure I get? Is there a drum so- Like, give me some direction. Like, nah, just do cool stuff, man. Like, because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Um, And so I do three takes end-to-end on the song. Six minutes, whatever. And I'm running around. I'm doing fucking 360s around them. Um, I'm trying to catch, like, those big moments if I can, whatever. And I do that, but, you know, we're now hour 15 or whatever it is. And I go to do another one, and I'm tired. And, um, oh, that's the same. Sh- I did a shot pointing straight down off of off of the roof of that building. I forgot about that. I had a lot of safety stuff. But, anyway, that was one little thing breaks, and a whole camera oh, goes yeah. flying off a, like, 30-story yeah. building. <laughs> Probably not the best. Every time I I do like a tilt down where I have to be like over an actor. Sure. I'm just like, man, this is my gear, you know. Yeah, like what are my liabilities here? Yeah. Like for real, what are yeah. they? Right. Not what you think, which is, well, the studio's running it, so blah blah blah. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. You have to be careful. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, uh, this story is boring the hell out of you, I can tell. But so I do another take. And like four minutes into it, my legs are just wobbly. Jello. Wibbly. Yeah, it's super jello. And I'm like, I don't care anymore. You know, you get to a breaking point. Like yelling at somebody. For me, is that was it. And I, 
I just like stumble back to my stand. And they're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Ah! And they're freaking out at me. And it's like, dude, I've done every shot all day. Fuck you. Yeah. You know, you put it on. Yeah. I didn't say that, but I, I put the rig down. I'm like, I need five minutes, guys. Have you and, ever? And by the way, can we split the song in half? And you can think about maybe one shot you want during that four minutes. Yeah. Three minutes, whatever. Yeah. Instead of go do it. Why don't I get the directing and shooting credit for this? <clears throat> but anyway, so as soon as that happened, I said, I need five minutes. They're like, bring the crane in. They're like, we're good now. You're wrapped. <laughs> and I'm like, what? So all I needed to do to get wrapped was be finished. That was it. They wrapped me. They're like, oh, it's fine. We just wanted wow. you to do as much as you could. Wow. And I'm like, so you want to abuse me? You know. Uh, anyway, sorry. It, well, it's funny. Like I've I've always been a big fan of putting people in the rig, and you know, it's usually like assistants or you know people I'm more comfortable with, like saying like, hey, do you want to do you want to yeah. take take it for a ride and see what it feels like? Sure. Uh, I wish I were a little better about putting above the line people in the rig. I did a whole whole season of the show, Crazy Ex Girlfriend, which is like a musical comedy show, and we did a lot of Steadicam and like some really long. You know, there'd be shots where it could be on a dolly, but it becomes so complex, like a master shot with more than like six or seven points, and it it's just now too complex. Or it's blurring the line between like okay it's too comp- complex to be a dolly shot maybe it's just more efficient on steadicam so i did a lot of steadicam and a lot of long lens you know lock off steadicam on that show and at the very long end long lens lock off everybody's favorite it's the best. It's, term. A, it's the best thing yeah. but if that then begin you know then uh, becomes you know okay now she goes through the door and we follow her through and then we hand off to this guy you know it, it it's a necessary evil but at the end of the season i put Rachel Bloom the you know, number one on the call sheet star of the show in the steady cam. And it was, it, you know, it was just like so mind blowing to see her like realize how heavy it was. And mm. I'll tell you, man, I did a, 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 this show, this Netflix show, wet hot American summer. Mm-hmm. And I was, stu- I know those people did, did, did David Wayne. Yeah. David Wayne, David yeah. Wayne. I did children's hospital. Oh, him. cool. Yeah. David's yeah. great. He's, he's awesome. But I, I was backstage with Michael Ian black and, uh, Bradley Cooper. Did Pepper shoot that? No. Those are like his people. Man. Uh, yeah. That was, uh, Kevin Atkinson. Who's oh, a, I did. A, Ke- I know Kevin. Total yeah. sweetheart of a guy. I did children's I, I, with I him too. I love yeah. Kevin. Yeah. Um, but, um, it's a scene where my Michael Ian black and, and, uh, 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 Bradley Cooper, uh, you know, behind a curtain draws and they kiss and the camera does a 360 around them. Okay. You know, and I, and I'm doing this like 360 shot. Well, we keep resetting, going back to one, back to one, back to one. And Bradley Cooper is like, Hey guys, you know, there's this guy wearing a steady cam. Let's, let's think about this and give him a break, you know? And I yeah. was just like, wow, I, I only worked for them for one day. And I was, that's, I think the only time I've ever seen an actor, like stick up for me without any provocation. Oh, really? Yeah. Like I wasn't, you know, crumpling to the floor or breathing, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. whatever. He was just like, Hey man, he's just aware he- of the heavy, fact heavy that, camera. Right. Yeah. He's just aware of what's happening. And right. I, I was impressed by that. Yeah. That's, um, that's happened to me quite a, f- quite a few times. Um, uh, the most memorable, if you're interested, I know I'm boring you now. Whoa, whoa. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Before you more bourbon. 
<laughs> no, 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 you pour me more, I get sassier. <laughs> so, um, so I'm doing this movie with Carrie Russell, and we were doing a shot, and this director absolutely loved Steadicam, like eighty percent of the movie. Maybe that's an overstatement. I don't know. It felt like that, but but regardless, when we shot, he would just we were. We were rolling out on the 40-minute cards because we would just go again and wow. go again and go again and go on again. On Steadicam. Yeah. You're rolling out on a 40-minute. Go again minute. and go again. My assistant, David Lebb, and this is the first movie I did with him. It was great. And he was A. Well, we were red and blue, but he was A and I was B, let's be honest. And he sent back all the long cards and got shorter cards so that we would roll out sooner. And I was th- so thankful. Wow. But before that happened, we were shooting at... Oh, and I did some basic... I did motion control stuff for him on the rig, basically. Um, he's an XFX guy, this this director. And this is a movie about aliens, but the aliens are invisible. But there's an alien POV thing. And I did it all on Steadicam. And you go through the house and he wants everything completely nodal. So at the... He wants to basically pan everything instead of swinging the arm and you know what i mean yes so hopefully the sensors like right over the gimbal it's not though yeah i I know i know what you're saying it's like but he's getting closer to what he wants anyway but like all this stuff was done at like you can see me moving my hands like almost imperceptibly slow it's all done at this speed and it's all going to be sped up Oh, man. Now I'm like, wait a minute. Why don't we just shoot it at regular speed and then slow? Oh, well, it'll be better this way. I'm like, oh, my God. And he's an effects guy. I'm like, what? It was a little annoying. So, But we spend nine hours doing those shots one day. And it was a heat wave. It was 120 in the house. I'm not even, oh. I'm not even kidding around. It was ridiculous. I'm a mess. And that day, <laughs> we're doing stairs, too. Oh, man. Um. Like it stares at the slowest speed you can think of. Oh man! Like that. So like your your <laughs> leg is extending at this speed as you climb the stair. It's craziness. Yeah. Anyway, what well, got me in great shape? I mean, I came off that movie in <laughs> brilliant shape. But um, um, but so later in the movie, we're doing a shot. We were at College of the Canyons, which almost everybody shot at at some point, I think now, and. But they built like a fake dog rescue area outside there. It's kind of weird. Carrie and her son are looking for a guard dog. They're freaked out by the what turns out to be the aliens. And they're coming down this thing. <clears throat> and then they, they stop and they look. And I'm, I come down and I'm like zooming back. They're walking super fast. And I'm zooming back. And then I turn. It's like a whip pan to landing where they go, where they're walking straight in profile, and then they turn and look at me. You know what I mean? Does it make sense? Yes. So we did that till we rolled out on the (laughs) 40-minute. And so that's, let's take 26 or something. Uh. And then we reload. And then we're going again, and we're at, like, take 19. And I'm like, what is happening right now? And it's not me, and it's not Carrie. Carrie's the biggest pro ever. The kid's great. I don't understand what we're doing here. And it's hour 19 on the day. No no kidding. 
and but I'm a super puddle of sweat. I'm I'm hurting pretty bad right now. And Carrie notices it, and she's the biggest sweetheart ever. And Scott's like, go again, quick, let's go. And Carrie's like, Scott, I'm so sorry. I have to have a water right now. I can't. I cannot. I won't. And he's like, whoa, okay, okay, okay. Let's cut. Get, get Carrie a water. Let's be really quick, though. Let's be quick. And a PA comes charging over with a water and opens it for her and hands it. To, here, Carrie, here, here, Miss Russell, take the thing. She goes, thank you very much, Mike. And she turns around, and she's standing right next to my stand where I've docked. And she hands it to me, and she says, wow. drink this slowly. Wow. And then she turns back to him, and she goes, could I get another water? Wow. And and I'm, like, drinking my thing, and she's, like, she's on a mic, you know? Yeah. And she just, like, looks at me, and she's, like, what the fuck? But she doesn't say that. She's, like... Yeah, but she there, gets says, it. says it with her eyes. Yeah, she tells me everything I need to know. And wow. she's in, and we'd known each other probably a week before that and she was just cool as hell. That that's to to me that's so cool like you know when an actor like recognizes the power they have on set and the workflow and can use that to protect other people that may not be able to protect themselves. Not yep. saying that we can't do that for ourselves if we I have to. I can't protect but, myself in that situation. But it, it, that's such a gracious... It becomes a big argument. Yes. Right. And that's she a, can make it all stop with no argument. That's a great story. Right. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. She's such a cool person. I love her so much. I do. Um, and would do anything if she... Any project she did, I would do. She's such... She's so cool. And she's super pro and really good. There's a reason she's a star. You yeah. know what I mean? There's yeah. no there's no arguing. As a matter of fact, I don't know why she's not a bigger star. And I think probably because she's more of a normal person than most people will ever ever realize. She's just so cool. She's like she's just normal. She was married to a I think th- I think they they broke up. I think they divorced, but she's married to a set carpenter. I think she met him on a show or something. Like you know, she's a down. Yeah. She was not some high flying, highfalutin dating, you know, sure. you know, Ryan Reynolds or whatever. Um, <laughs> and look, I know you have a crush on Ryan Reynolds. That's why I use that. Thing. But so um, anyway, I'm going on about Carrie, but she deserves to be gone on about. Sure. She's she's brilliant. And she sat there and waited until I basically gave her the thumbs up. OK, we're good to go again. But you know, every time those situations happen, like your next, your next run at it is, uh, is going to be shortened. Mm-hmm. You know, before you just can anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, how good is your work when you're sweating into your own eyes and you're you're literally soaking wet from sweat head to toe, and it's you know, okay, take twenty six, let's go. <laughs> Don't take the rig off. Go again. It's just dumb. It makes no sense. Right. Yeah, it's it's interesting how athletic our job is, and how you know I I think a lot about what the old days must have been like when it was a more exotic tool to bring in, mm-hmm. and how Steadicam is almost passe. Like everybody, almost every show has it, almost every show carries it, and you do you could do a 
insanely long, complex shot, and very few people will maybe even bat an eye. None of the crew's impressed. Yeah. Even if they kind of are, but they've seen the rig on yeah. somebody a lot. Right. And you might get some extras that are kind of impressed. Yeah. And every once in a while, an actress, especially yeah. or an actor, especially when they're kind of new to the business, mm-hmm. they'll be... Um, I had an actress say to me once, who turned out to, who became really famous. She goes, um, uh, we did this giant shot and then we we're doing this little small shot later. And it was just her and I standing there waiting to go. And I've got the rig on, I think. And she goes, do, do you do this every day? <laughs> and I go, yeah. She goes, Wow. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I was like, you're very cute. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But she was just looking at it like, oh, my God. You know, but she weighs 100 pounds soaking wet. And to her, yeah, go I met, on. So. I met my fiance, Kelly, on a music video. Oh, really? Yeah. She When, when I met her, she was more of like a dancer. Um and yeah, she's like a performer, right? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, she she she's more of an actor now. But at the time, she was she was doing more dancing, and she was uh, part of like a, a bunch of background that were doing like sort of loops around the Steadicam as I was backing up with the the artist. Oh, cool! And s- something went wrong. I either I was going too fast, or there was like a cue that was missed, and we hit each other. Oh, really? We collided, you know, and I, that was like, you know, I was like, oh, sorry, you know, and she's like, how heavy is that thing, you know, and it was like her, her entree to start speaking to you (laughs) or vice versa. Vice versa. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, that's funny. But it was interesting. Like I had an, uh, you know, an extra boost of confidence because I was mostly fielding questions about the Steadicam, you know. Right. Right. Where I always feel like I'm coming off as an arrogant prick. Anytime I answer those questions, they're like, is it heavy? And I'm like, no. And it's just sounds like you're just being a macho asshole. You know what I mean? Or like, yes. Then I'm it just sounds like answer that question. It's like, it's, it's heavier. It's heavy, but not in the way you think, not in the way you're probably imagining. Right. You know, they always do this like motion with their arms. You know, yeah, like they're carrying something with their hands. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. No, not, not really. The best are the ones that are like, that come up as an expert, quote unquote, and they're like, man, you know, I just love this tool. You know, the way the gyroscopes make it all work, it's just so great. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> there's no scopes or gyros. <laughs> You've never had that one. I've, I've. Gotten, I've gotten questions like, is there a gyroscope in there? And I'm like, no, it's just a totally, it's like balancing a pencil on your finger. It's the same forces at work, you know? And right. People are always like, what? Right. And most people are pretty cool. Yeah. I, I like to fuck with people. Like sometimes they ask me, is it heavy? And I say, well, it would be, but we've, but it's filled with helium. I've said, I've also said that. Right. And they, and because you can spot the ones that are gullible from a mile away and they're like, Wow! And you're like, yeah, it's great. I mean, sometimes I have to hold it down if I overfill it a little. You're like, whoa, that's crazy. Could shoot off into space. You'd never. You'd have to recover it somehow. I mean, next week it's it's booked on Timmy's birthday party. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous, but they believe it. Yeah. But I be I don't know why they wouldn't because. 
I don't know. The physics of it is, are not obvious to everybody. No. We haven't all, you know, done this kind of stuff. So it's maybe it's mean. I don't know. Uh, I normally have a laugh with uh, them about it. Yeah. I, you know, have, I try to have fun. I, I once, not trying to be a jerk. I once I mean, convinced I, a camera utility that I had to constantly rebalance the rig because the batteries got lighter as the, as they <laughs> lost power. <laughs> <laughs> And then we had a good laugh about it afterwards. Oh, I was choked to death. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't think She's of like, that you first. like, you have to, uh, really? And I'm like, yeah, you see, I'm always fiddling with the stage knobs. It's because these, ba- I'm wearing three batteries, and as they deplete, they get lighter, and I have to compensate for that. And she's like, oh, wow. And then we had a good laugh about it afterward. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. I mean, that... That's right on par with when I was when I was working in like live sports like live TV and you'd send the new guy to the truck for the cable stretcher. <laughs> <laughs> Just go into the go into the truck. Well, what I don't know what it looks like. No, it's okay. If you see it, you'll know it. But if you don't see it, just ask the driver. He'll he'll show you where it is. <laughs> They'd come back with their head held low. And I didn't. You guys are jerks. Yeah, you know? every time. Um, that was a fun one. The best prank I think was, and I don't think I ever actually did it to anybody else. When we were doing golf, we carried. We brought like, let me try to think, twenty five golf carts everywhere. They they went everywhere with that ESPN crew. They're all gas powered golf carts. Oh, kind of crazy. It's huge. Super fast. And there was a. There was a super trick to it. You tie a string to the accelerator and pull it because the gas pedal would hit the hit the fiberglass part of the cart, but the the accelerator could go a lot further down. So you tie a string to it. I once I once came within about an inch of rear-ending my friend in the golf cart. We were joking around, hauling ass, and then we looked to our left. Well, he looked first and realized. Oh shit, she's about to hit her putt. And he hit the brakes really hard. And I was looking too, and I went, oh. And then I looked back up and went, oh, and locked him up during her putt. And I mean, we're with super view of the whole gallery and every, like, even her, like, it's one of those. Oh man. And I'm like, <laughs> I, at that point, I was so happy he didn't say ESPN on the side. Oh, you know? man. But um, but the best prank was we also carried, well, they would rent porta-potties wherever we went. Because where they put the trucks, there isn't, um, they put them like super far in the backside of the golf course. They don't put them near the clubhouse or something. So there's no bathrooms anywhere near these. So they always have those porta potty things, which film porta potties are generally pretty nice. These are shitty construction porta potties that ESPN would get. And anyway, you would go in to go to the bathroom, and and someone almost instantly would get in a golf cart if they saw you and pull it up and just park it right next to the door with about maybe six inches or 10 inches or whatever distance between the door and the cart. So you would go, you would open the door and it would slam into something. Uh. And then you could see out, which was even the worst part. You could see the cart parked there. Uh. 
I mean, they wouldn't leave you in there that long. I mean, a few hours, but not, not really. Um, anyway, I'm just babbling now about the old days because I'm an old man. But we've been talking for a really long time. Yeah, it's been good. It's, it has been good. It has been. And uh, the Angel's Envy has been fantastic. Yeah, it definitely lubricated the conversation. Well, you know, remember I said, oh, I'll open a beer too because then I'll drink the beer and not the bourbon. I mean, I'll drink some of the bourbon, but I'm still in the same beer and it's half full. If, if everybody could see, I came in here with a, com- with a full bottle of bourbon and it's at least 60% depleted. Yeah, I know. It looked more empty before. I don't know what happened. Did you pour in. water in there? Yeah, maybe. It, it was it was like this when I came in. No, it's. I know. I'm just surprised because normally I drink that much. I don't know how we have so much left. <laughs> 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 Kidding. Anyway, um, thanks, man. Dude, I, what a pleasure. This is great. We didn't even get to talk about skydiving. Yes. Which I, I wanted to talk about. I, I, I love to skydive. But we'll have to do next time. Yeah. You're like, you're like my skydive, one of my skydiving expert buddies. Yeah, man. I love it. That's I really awesome. I love it. Yeah. It's a great, it seems like an awesome hobby. It's a, it's a great way to hit the reset button after a long week of work. You know, when you're, when you're in the air flying your body through the sky, that's definitely, you're in the present moment and you're not thinking about anything else. That yeah. makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's serious too. Right. Yeah. You go from like where everybody not always, but a lot of times takes things so serious like it's life and death and then you go to somewhere that where it's literally life and death if you make totally, a big mistake. Totally. I mean, I know I know we're trying to try No, that's to okay. Go that, ahead. But like yeah. very very quickly. I mean, you know, it's it's in a way because I've only been doing it about two years, but it's like changed my, it's definitely chilled me out at work because like skydiving is, I think safer than people, than the public perception of it might consider. Sure. You know, we don't go to the drop zone every day thinking like, Oh, we could die. You know, you just, you be diligent and pay attention to what you're doing. Anything, yeah. anything where you go really, really fast, there's it's an element dangerous. of danger, sure. you know, but you, try to operate as safely as you can. Right. So it's interesting, like doing that on the weekends and then showing up to work on Monday. And I'm like, generally speaking in comedy, we're not doing stunts or anything like that. Like the worst that could happen, probably nobody's going to die. You know, I might get yelled at or somebody might get fired or whatever, but like, what's the worst that can happen? I might get fired. Whereas when I'm skydiving, yeah, I'm taking other people's safety and my safety into my hands. Mm -hmm. You're doing that at work sometimes, but Generally speaking, not every day. So it's cool. It's kind of chilled and me even, out at work. And even to a much lesser degree, 99.9% of the time. Sure. Right. So so it's definitely, it's made me more zen at work, you know, because I'm just like, we're just right. making, at, at best, we're entertaining people. Right. And you yeah. have to remember, it's not rocket surgery. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's it's yeah. definitely chilled me out and kind of put everything into perspective and Oh, cool. I think, I think it's good to have hobbies outside of this industry because it takes so much of your time and mm-hmm. and mental efforts and, mm-hmm. you know, consumes so much of your life. Yeah. Maybe maybe one of these days I'll, I'll ask you to come along. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to do it. I, I still haven't. And, you know, we I won't really get into it too much, but my dad jumped out of planes 
in in another country. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> for the military. Oh, that's right. Your dad was in the military too. Yeah. But um yeah, he has stories for for days um about some of this stuff. So um I've always been kind of fascinated by that. But uh, rad. Um but anyway, uh we'll talk about that when when I when I hit stop on the record button. Here. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thank, thanks for bringing me in, man. What a what a pleasure, really. Oh, thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. And now officially you're going to get that video of you. Okay. With your what do you call it? The Z The ZG. ZG. Yes. You're going to get the video of you operating the ZG. Lucky you. <laughs> Lucky me. <laughs> All right, thanks, buddy. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Brad. Thanks again to Neil. I really enjoyed our conversation, and I hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, And thanks again to my Patreon patrons for all your support. It is very much appreciated. Check back next week for another new episode.